sick. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Bubba Cup breeze. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hello, it is good to see my Hawker head friends. So, yeah, last yeah, session. It's just all going. I wonder when my 10 years starts. <laughs> yeah. So, last session, in your search for the heart of the wild, you traveled through a portal into the Feywild, and you spent what seemed like only a few hours traveling this bizarre realm. You saw some strange sights, made a bargain with an Eladrin of the Summer Court, which granted you some boons, but also uh, granted you some rather annoying little character flaws. And then you found the great tree where the heart of the wild was supposed to lie, defeated some displacer beasts that had taken up residence there, and learned, to your horror, that the wizard Kolati had apparently removed the small circular-shaped object containing the essence of the heart of the wild from the tree and taken it elsewhere. And so, yep. Regarding those displacer beasts, did anyone try and, like, get parts from them? No. No one did. The second we finished the fight, they, we pretty much checked the thing and then got teleported back. Yeah, you didn't oh, really have a chance. Oh, yeah. I thought we made our way. Yeah. And so, and so, the power of the tree still... The tree still imbued with magic, even with the loss of the heart of the wild, teleported you back to the material plane, sensing that you had nothing more to do in the Feywild. And your heart sinking... Upon returning, you notice the remnants of Messica's campfire from the night before, now having degraded into a fine powder. Some time has definitely passed, and it has been longer than a mere six hours. And so, stealing yourselves to face the worst as you make your way out of the Temple of the Rising Sun, as you move through the elemental trial chambers, back into the waterlogged cavern passage, and begin to hike up the incline out into the cliff entrance. I'd like everyone to make a perception check, please. Perception, oh my god, I actually have something I can add to perception now. Uh, is this perception just based on sight? This is a listening one. Oh good, I get advantage on that one. Yes. And never mind, I don't need the advantage, that's a death 20 off the bat. Cool. <laughs> it all goes down from here. I got a 15. 15? 21 for me. Yep, and so Lucian passes, so that is a group pass. So as you wade through the water and make your way up the incline, coming from the end of the cavern, out of the entrance in the jungle area, you hear a din of voices. You hear a high-pitched, older female's voice shouting, No! This blasphemy! I do not care what you think lies inside! I will not allow you to simply enter the temple! It is a sacred place! Another voice, familiar male voice, says, Please, please! My 
companions entered this temple a month ago and have not returned. Something must have happened to them. I need to enter immediately and try to determine what has happened to them. No, no, says the female voice again. It is blasphemy. The Obanashi clan will not allow anyone into the temple. Quite frankly, it astounds me that your companions were able to enter without out notice in the first place. What? A man? No, time dilation is fine. The Obanashi clan's back protecting this place? Wait. They left. When did they leave? When did they come back? Exactly. Is there anything you would like to do, or would you just like to like to exit and reveal yourselves to the arguing people? Anyone wants to like, master of the world, sneak his way towards it, like, not wanting to yep. be seen. So Zinhorn, you mask with you use your mask of the wild, and you creep ahead of the rest of the party. And find yourself in the mouth of the cave, peering out into the jungle. And there, you see Artus Clymer, who is in a heated discussion with who must surely be the Obanashi clan. There is uh, an older woman, perhaps 80 years old, hunched over, uh, using a gnarled wooden staff to prop herself up. And beside her are five other members of the clan, each clad in white robes. They are silent as their leader and Artis continue to argue. Please, says Artis. He kneels before the woman. I am Artis Climber. I understand that... I understand that as a wizard, we are not on the best of terms, but... The people I sent here have not come back, and one of them is very important, not just to me, but to Chult in general. Please, I beg of you. Do you know I'm more concerned along the lines of, how did you know we were here? We never told it. Well, um, has perhaps been quite a while. Dryad that we spoke to before we came here, she was the protector of this place in the absence of the Obanashi clan, indeed, yes. Like, would she actually appointed that, or did she just take that mantle herself? You don't, you don't know. I don't think we asked, I think we yeah. no, used the access to the temple. <laughs> no, I was just asking in case she actually explained it, because I didn't have my notes. No, no, fair, fair. Um, How, like, is there any granary where we're standing in the cave? There's some small patches of moss and uh, water plants around you. Um, I just need to look up the distance one of my spells has. Uh, two seconds. Uh... uh Speak with plants, speak with plants, speak with plants. I think it's 30 feet, but I'm not sure. Mm. 
Uh, range area self. You imbue plants within 30 feet of you. Okay, so within 30 feet of me. Is the... Oh, I don't remember her name. Fuck. Um, the Dryad. Um, yeah. Um, is the Dryad's tree within 30 feet of us? It is, and her name is Neva. Neva. That's right. That's right. Um, could... I would like to cast Speak with Plants uh, using my staff, which brings me down to one point left in my staff. Yep. On the Dryad's tree? Uh, it's all plants within 30 uh, Yep. Yep. Immediately, um, immediately your head fills with a din of voices, all of the plants in the immediate vicinity whispering, discussing amongst themselves, speculating who this strange man is, and what this argument is about. I'm going to ask the plants closest to me, in a whisper, if Neva is still residing in this area. The plants... I know I've just given her tree sentience, but... I don't want to exactly yell it out to it. The plants whisper back that Neva the Dryad still resides in her tree, but still resides in her tree, but has not shown herself in quite some time. Yeah. I relay this to the party and go, how are we going to deal with this? Because a lot of us are not welcome with this clan. Messica just steps forward. She places a hand on the hilt of one of her Kopesh swords and she says, We speak the truth. If they do not believe us, we shall show them our metal. That's all well and good, but they're well rested. Hmm. Although, we do have proof that we were in there, like, still have the, the stone we used to get Yeah, the, the sounding stone. Hmm. It's, I just don't want to provoke a fight with these people, as they will probably think that we have trespassed and, um, desecrated sacred ground. Blasphemy! Blasphemy! shouts Sosala. What proof do you have that your companions even came this way. Ah. Artus sighs, and he says, Please, Lady Zasala, first, you yourself said that your clan felt a disturbance within the temple. That is what drew you back here. That is my companion. Something has happened to them. Furthermore, their transportation... Their airship, captained by Lady Bravewing, waited for them for a ten-day, and they did not return. I only knew they were missing when the airship returned to Port Neanderu and informed me that they had not emerged from the temple. Ah, oh, man, she will not do us. The crew of the airship saw them depart, saw them find the cliff entrance, and enter the temple. So I have proof 
that they've been in there. They have not come out. Please, you do not understand the importance of these people, particularly one. Well, who is that person? Barks Lady, Barks Zasala. If you tell us who they are, perhaps we will be swayed to help you. Artis says, Alas, I, I cannot. If her identity is revealed, our mission will be in danger. Is there, is there a clear path to the Dryad's tree? There, there may be, but you'll have to sneak. Alright, so, I don't believe I went elemental form in the last fight. No, you didn't. So, I'm going to wild shape into uh, Jakuli. Yep. And make my way over to the Dryad's tree. Yep, please. Yep, please make a stealth check with advantage. As I see him moving, I will tap my staff on the ground and cast Move Without, tra pass without Trace. Lovely. Uh, so, plus 10. 17 plus 7 plus 10, so 34. 34. Okay, so you slither along the ground through the jungle undergrowth until you reach the Dryad Neva's tree. The voices are still... You can still hear the arguing voices, but they're a bit softer as they're now quite a distance away. What would you like to do? Um, is there sort of like an opening where the dried cat would have come from, or...? Um, she appears to just come out of the tree trunk. Um, would you like to just go up to the tree and try to wrap your tail on it or something to make yourself... make her aware that you're that you're yeah, here? I, will, I want to sort of go to the most um, spot where I'm still really covered from the direction of the voices and you know, see if I can uh, get the attention of the dryad. Yep. Um, okay, so I would like you to make a charisma check, please. Um, okay, Thanks, let's go. So, how did you do on your charisma <laughs> check, Smithy? Uh, 15. 15. Okay. So, you approach the trunk of the tree and you wrap on it with your tail, you slither along the base of the tree trunk, open your mouth and hiss at it, and the tree vibrates and the bark begins to waver, and then you see neither the dryad emerge from the tree trunk. And she looks around and then she sees you on the ground and she seems to know who you are she smiles and she says oh it's you the friends of nature oh you returned oh but you're different somehow mm. when she sort of says that trying to remain hidden still she's going to come out from jaculi form and just Yeah. Yep. So you come out of Jakuli form and stand before her as an elf. And she smiles. She says, Ah, 
Oh, that is a relief. Oh, just as I remember you, the Alpha Zinhorn friend of the nature, the friend of nature. But, but where are all your friends? You were gone for quite some time. Others arrived and began to argue about you, but I felt too scared to emerge. I didn't know where you were, and those voices were very loud. Well, again, being nice and quiet about this, uh, we've just returned from the Fae, hence why we were gone for so long. Uh, the rest of the group is in the cave trying to figure out what to do about this group of people here. She looks over your shoulder where you can just see the Obanashi clan and Artis standing oh, off in a clearing in heated debate and she says, well, now that you're back, I feel perhaps that I have the bravery required to face them. I, I do recognize them. It, it is so Sala and her Obanashi clan. They were always a little bit scary, but they are friends of nature. And now that you're here, if you'd like, I could, I could step out and tell them what has happened. Perhaps well, them <coughs> from doing anything to doing anything to your friend over there. Yes, if you make yourself known, I'm sure the rest of the group will be, uh, be relieved that you are okay and come out of the cave. She nods and glides across the undergrowth out into the clearing, and then the rest of you who are in the cave, you see Neva the Dryad emerge. And as she emerges, the Obanashi clan and Artis all turn to face her in unison. You hear Zoshala shout, The Dryad! Why is the Dryad here? The Dryad should be guarding this temple in our stead! Artis takes a step back, he reaches for his he, he reaches for the staff slung over his shoulder and he says, What is this trickery? Oh, We're God. setting Spirits of the jungle upon me! Old walks out. Old walks out, and as you do, Artis turns and he sees you, and his eyes widen with shock and perhaps a bit of relief. Neva, the dryad, glides forwards and says, Please, please don't fight! They did enter the temple, it is true! But they are friends of nature. I tested them. I gave them all three trials and they passed. So Sala mm. turns around. She sees you all there and you see her eyes narrow on her wrinkled, weathered face as she looks at each of you in turn. Then silently, she sticks out her left hand and gestures for you to come and join her and Artis in the clearing. Yep, I'll walk forward. What do the rest of you do? I mean, you know, we're here now, so yes, Melisander will join, but we'll stay closer to like the Dryad and Zinhorn and that. Yep. <laughs> so staying together, you all cautiously make your way out of the cliff face down into the clearing 
Artis's eyes grow even wider as the rest of you emerge, and then he sees Alessander and places a hand on his chest, and you audibly yeah. hear him sigh. Oh, oh, praise Uptow. Messica sees him there, her eyes narrow. She looks back at him, and they exchange some sort of furtive glance. He opens his mouth to say something, but Cecilia steps forward. She taps her gnarled staff on the ground, looks towards you, and says, The Dryad has vouched for you. Why were you in the Temple of the Rising Sun? And why has it taken you so long to emerge? I am dilation. I was going to say, let's <laughs> just see it here. Let's see just Alessandra and the rest of them going, do you want to tell her or should we? Hmm? Who wants to tell her? Hmm? Well, Sinhorn's still over near the Dryad's tree, so he hasn't fully uh, emerged. Uh, we went in to look for the heart of the wild to try and fix it. Uh, then we got sucked into well, it wasn't the Feywild. Well, it wasn't so much really sucked as was... we jumped in. Yeah, you went Yeah. What was six hours for us turned out to be... How long did you say we've been gone for? Artist smiles and says, a month, Lady Alessandra. Ah. Oh, a month. Well, there you go. Oh, there you go. Six hours equals a month. But, um, hmm. He says, forgive Clearly. me, you said you were in the Feywild. Correct. Turns out deep at the heart of this lovely temple, there was actually a, uh, a portal which could only be activated with a peculiar stone that we'd been given on our travels. Well, of course, says Zafala. <laughs> the heart of the wild is, con is a concentration of... Life energy from the Feywild. It is indeed the magic that Uptow used to mm. breathe life into the jungle. Why, mm -hmm. in effect, mm -hmm. the jungles of Cholt are born of the Feywild. Uh, it's also gone, by the way. Thought you should probably know that. Well, of course, she says. Why do you think my clan hasn't been here in a century? Quite honestly, I'm surprised that you thought you'd find anything there. The Daijobi Senga was stolen from the temple a century ago by the Nimbri's wizard, Kolati. Oh god, that would have been good to know. <laughs> Alessandra's just going to walk over to the nearest tree and just start headbutting it. <laughs> Artis, Artis steps forward and he says, <laughs> so, so, our quest was for nothing. Sasala says, Yes, perhaps, but you were able to enter the temple. You were able to enter the home of the Daijobi Senga and emerge unscathed and... <laughs> unscathed is <laughs> not the right word, but yes, close enough. She bites her lip and is silent, obviously deep in thought, and then she looks around, looks at the other members of her clan, and in unison they nod towards her. She looks back at you and she says, Well, perhaps not for nothing. You see, we happen to know where the Daijobi Senga is. Oh, God damn, we should have just dealt with these people from the beginning. Why do people always tell people that people are scary? 
Like, just again, another one of those conversations of, of course, after we find out after we go through all the scary, horrible stuff that, oh no, there was an easy solution this entire time <laughs> that we completely missed. One and the people the other... described as savages are actually quite civil. I know! <laughs> one of the other Obanashi clan member steps forwards. He reaches up, pulls down his white hood, and underneath is a brown-skinned man with shoulder-length blonde hair, and he says, Ordinarily, as an order of mage hunters, we would not entrust our cause to the likes of wielders of magic. However, as you have made your way through the temple and the Feywild, we shall consider that you have passed a trial and proven your worth and your drive to us. I just remembered something. Yep. Did we find dead bodies of these guys at the other village? I think you found one. You, you found a no, no, you different clan, no, different clan. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, we found a different clan. Yep. Okay. Well, that was right. the Obanashi clan as well, but this is like an offshoot of that clan that specifically was supposed to watch over the temple. Ah, uh, okay, uh, okay. Okay, so we were right, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thala smiles and says, Well, uh, so be it then. Perhaps you did not come here for nothing. Consider the ordeal you've been through a trial to prove yourselves to myself and my order of mage hunters. Well, hooray! <sighs> what do we get? sighs and he says, oh, Thank you for understanding. He says, Now, this place that you'd like us to go, is it far away? Zasala says, It's quite a distance. He says, Well then, we have an airship. Come, follow me, we shall head to it. Talk as we walk. Pip, pip. Claps his hands yep. together. Before we head off, has anyone seen two giant sword spiders? At this, Arta stops and he throws back his head in laughter. <laughs> he says, wait till we get to the airship, my dear Archmage. Archmage. Uh, oh, I I am uh, um, <laughs> excited and nervous at the same time. <laughs> I swear to God, there's a freaking Soviet Union flag made of spider's webs. This will make my day. <laughs> at this, there's... At this, Messica just rolls her eyes, and as you walk, she turns to you, Alessander, and says just low enough so you can hear, So mm -hmm. it's true, Artis is alive. Mm, yes, I suppose we'll have to sit down and talk properly later. She says, yes, once <laughs> we are done with this Daijobi Senga business, I'll have many questions to ask him, don't you worry. Hmm. But I suppose you probably have some questions for me as well, but I suppose we'll get to that on the ship. All in good time, she says, and she mm. walks ahead as you walk. As they all start disappearing, Sinhonjas comes out of the, uh, yeah. out of the bushes yeah. and yeah. starts following. Leave. I was going to say, as you just see, like, you know, Alessandra's ear twitching, going, You coming, Zinhorn? <laughs> you coming, Zinhorn? <laughs> before, before Bob turns away, he turns back to. Oh, fuck, what was her name? Neve. Uh, Neva. Sorry, I wouldn't say Nevi. And in farewell, I go, may the sun shine on your tree. Makes a curtsy, and she says, don't be a stranger, as she turns and drifts back into the jungle. And then you, 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 you,
Aww. You hear someone shout, I'm coming, intersperse with a few words of Sylvan, and Zinhorn steps out of the foliage, <laughs> creates a circle of flowers around Neva, and then hurries to join the rest. As you walk, Zasala pulls herself forwards using her gnarled staff like an oversized cane, and she explains where the Dijovi Senga is. The Nimbri's wizard, Kolati, that stole the heart hid deep in the jungle while trying to pursue the hunters of my clan who pursued him. The Obanashi high priest, Roga, eventually found Kolati and tried to take the heart back from him. In the battle that ensued, Kolati released the corrupted power of the heart, causing a massive wave of destruction that killed them both. Since then, the heart has become a source of corruption and death in the jungle, taking the form of a giant tree of darkwood that towers over the jungle canopy. Its roots sink deep beneath the ground, corrupting the land around it. Those that venture within its depths become food for the tree's eternal hunger. Oh, that sounds awesome. My people and I have tried to reach the source of the corruption deep deep beneath this forsaken tree, but to no avail, we are just not powerful enough to make it through the caverns underneath. The best we can do is perform a ritual that freezes the writhing roots long enough for someone to enter the depths of the tree. We will need help from Artus and his Ring of Winter to perform the ritual and keep it active in order to protect those who wander within from instantly becoming food for the ancient tree. But if you are willing to enter the depths underneath the tree and search out the Daijobi Senga, then you will be able to bring it out from under the tree and we will be able to purify it and perhaps even restore it to its former state. If you help us, in return, my clan will commune with the spirit held within the Daijobi Senga to discover any knowledge we can obtain regarding the city of Mesro. Hmm. Mm. It would be nice to get some proper information on that front. Ahead of True. you, ahead of you, artist just says, well, that sounds like a good plan to me. What do you say all? Very quick, like, warily looking at Artisan. Not fully trusting. Hmm. At this, Messica steps forwards and she says, Artis, a question. He, he stops, he turns and faces her and he says, Indeed, Messica, and might I say, I had heard of your wanderings throughout the jungle, but I'm not sure I believed them. As with Alessander, my heart is full of relief that she raises a hand and she says save it why did you tell them that you hosted zinhorn and his family in your suite when it was in fact mine oh silly fun he looks at her he raises an eyebrow and he looks he flinches taken aback and he says what i i don't believe i said any such Mm -hmm. Zinhorn is going to 
Let me just make sure I can do it. It's right. Make, uh, as he's looking away, make a sensory like banging noise right behind him. Yep. Like a... <clears throat> no, like a druidcraft. Like yeah, a... Yep. You make a banging noise behind him and he turns and looks in the direction of the noise that, echo that to him echoed out of the jungle. What do you do? Nothing, just because he's, uh, he's uh, lying because he he did yeah. mention it, and so I'm just like, yeah, as soon as he does it, it's just like making the noise. Him around the ears, yeah. He jumps and startles. He reaches for his staff, and Messica looks at him and says, Oh, jumpy are we, Artis? Artis mm -hmm. looks at her, he settles down, and he laughs nervously. <laughs> well, Okay, yes, I said that. The reason, well, I am a bit embarrassed. He lowers his head and Messica says, I don't care if you're embarrassed. I want you to tell me the truth right now or using the powers given to me by the chosen Faray, I will expel you from the service of Mesro. Another bang right behind him. Hmm. He jumps and looks around. Yeah, and then I would, I would highly recommend you answer correctly. He wraps his arms around and he says, "Okay, I'm afraid. I feel ashamed that I have not served Mesro for all of the two hundred years that I've been in Cholt. A considerable amount of time after I left, Mesro was spent retrieving the Ring of Winter. I confess." It took quite some time to locate it, and then when I got back to Cholt, I was more concerned with evading, pursuing giants, than actually researching ways to restore Mesro, or indeed keeping an eye on the situation of Cholt. Furthermore, I then heard that Messica had emerged from Mesro and begun to search Cholt. I had no doubt that she was searching for me and I was even more embarrassed. After a while, the whispers of her search died down and I confess I believed her dead. And so I thought, given that Lady Alessandra appeared to have no memory of Messica, it would be best to just say that you had stayed say that Zinhorn had stayed at my suite to avoid mentioning Messica altogether so as not to send Alessandra off on another wild goose chase when there are more important things to be done. He lied so, you felt, so you felt lying to me was the best course of action, despite the fact that she's one of the few people I actively remember. Zinhorn's gonna insight him. Just... Mm, please do, because... Blush red and turns to Alessandra and he says, Lady Alessandra, lying it was more an omission. Lie by omission. I was not aware that you had any memory of Messica at the time. You never asked. Mm. He says, Well, that I also makes it worse. Mm. He looked, he stops, he looks between Zinhorn, Bulb, Messica, and Alessandra <laughs> and he says, Well, 
I'm sure you'll agree that restoring Mesro and clearing the, Chol the jungles of Cholt of their corruption from the spell plague is far more important. I simply didn't wish for you, wish for you to be held down by thoughts of someone else. That's all. Zipon's going to be doing an insight check on this fella. Go ahead, make an insight check. Uh, that is a 17. He seems genuinely embarrassed, but it doesn't look as if he's hiding anything sinister. Indeed, he was just trying to hide yeah. some information yeah. from Alessandra because he didn't wish for her to be distracted. So and basically, he wasn't evil, he's face. just shit at his job. Yeah. How long exactly were you searching for this Ring of Winter? He thinks, and he says, Well, <sighs> if you take into account the time it took to ascertain that it was the Frost Giants who pillaged it, which particular clan of the Frost Giants and which Jarl they serve under, where they are, organizing passage across the ocean... Numbers, artists... Hmm? He says... How long? 40 years, give or take. I look straight over to um, Mesker and go, does he look 40 years older to you? She nods and she says, he does look indeed quite a bit older. He didn't have grey hair last time I saw him. You look over and you see his hair is indeed mostly grey. This He just blushes and he says, yes, you probably remember a more brilliant brown so you... another bang behind him. Yeah, I was ah! gonna say that's yeah. so that crosses forty years off. So then you spent the next what a hundred and sixty years essentially hiding. He says, doing "Frost virtually giants nothing. live a long time, and they have long memories. I spent the better part of a hundred years trying to evade them. In fact, they were still after me as recently as only a few months ago." He says, "I did." Of course, occasionally check up on the status of Rustness C and his fledgling Yuan Ti civilization in the city of Omu, but, uh, well, with the giants after me, I did not intend to broadcast my location by using the Ring of Winter to interfere with his plans in any meaningful way. Mm. Wonderful. So, nothing sinister, you're just terrible at what you were left to do. Oh, well, as I said, I'm embarrassed. He hangs his head again. So, where is this ring now? He holds out his hand, and you see the bright blue ring on his ring finger. He says, I keep it close by. In fact, if I were to take it off, I would instantly die of old age. The ring is all that sustains me now. Don't tempt me. <laughs> That's not fair. Don't do that to me. Cut <laughs> hand off. <laughs> I didn't. That was out of character. He said yeah, so, so it was mine because, goddammit, I actually really wanted that ring. I didn't think it was just going to. I thank you for letting me know, though, outside of character, that it actually has that effect because that was something I was curious about. Damn it. Perhaps realizes what you're thinking and then he says, I, I warn you, though. The Ring of Winter, well, it was a treasure of Mesro, but it was never wielded by any of the Barre, and there's a reason for 
them there. The Ring of Winter has a mind of its own, and attuning to it means that you will share your very being with Ring of Winter. By attuning to it, you are giving more than you know to this ring. You must pay a large price to wield its powers. This is a price that I have only, a price that has taken me the better part of a century to learn to coexist with. Ah, uh, well that's, <laughs> see a voice softer than with the beat and go, well that's fun, we're in a similar situation, so it only took us two years. So maybe we're either really good at our job, well, you're just even more terrible than we thought. Tell me, what's the Ring of Winter like, though? Is it nice? Just blushes and he says, May you never have to know, Lady Alessandra. And he just turns oh, no, no. and starts walking ahead. Oh, no, come on. You can't leave us like that. Tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. Messica just rolls her eyes and groans. And she says, He gets like this. He always was like this, old artist. He'll always have to have the last word, and if he can't think of he can't think of a good way to argue against what you're saying, he'll just uh, clam up. With that, she walks after him. Uh, Bobbit's gonna learn about that ring. Zasala mm -hmm. sits there, and she's got a smile on her face, somewhat amused after overhearing this interrogation of Artis leaning against her staff. She says, "Well, Artis." Uh, Maybe artists may not be quite up to snuff, but it is clear that you are so. Do you agree to venture underneath a forsaken tree for my clan to retrieve the Daijobi Senga? Someone's going to have to answer for Bobbit. She's busy bugging the shit out of artists for more information. <laughs> I personally want to go to see if there's a way to reverse the curse on the tree. If we are doing this, you need to make sure that you give us all of the information we need to know in order to progress. None of this we'll find out later. Yeah. Oh, we would have been better. Tired of being told later. <laughs> Eventually, you reach the airship um, in a clearing where the jungle foliage isn't as thick, and you see the airship hovering over a hill in the distance. And Bulb, you immediately see that the flag of the Kingdom of Helrua has been taken down off the flag post above the sails, and hanging in its place is an oddly shaped white flag flapping in the wind, and as you get closer you realise it is a flag, it is not a flag at all, but rather a large cobweb with the webs weaved mm. into the shape of a hammer and sickle. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, oh my yes! God. They Thank have fucking to it. <laughs> and as you approach the airship, you see Lady Brave, you see Captain Bravewing peering over the side, her long red hair flowing in the wind. She sees you coming and she shouts, See, I knew they were okay, Artis! And then she runs, she disappears 
over the side of the ship as she runs to alert the crew. And then as the crew run to let down the rope ladder, you see two huge sword spiders scurry up scurry up the side of the airship from underneath the bow and begin weaving their silk to hold the rope ladder in place as it's slowly lowered down. Oh my god, they have taken to helping amazingly. What are weird. they expecting in return? <laughs> <laughs> you scramble uh... up the rope ladder and usually where it's quite the arduous task as it the wind buffets it and rocks it back to forth. This time, it's held in place by the silk of the sword spiders. And so you manage to climb up in record time, scramble onto the deck of the airship, and then the crew pull the rope ladder up and... You see the two. You see two front legs of the spiders waving at you from underneath the side of the airship, and then the two huge spiders scurry back onto the underside of the bow. Ah, you're having fun. Captain Bravewing smiles, and she says, "I'm not sure where those two spiders came from." They came running out of the jungle, made their way up to the airship, and immediately got to work helping to repair some of the holes in the sails that we'd taken. She gestures up to some of the sails, and you can see huge cobwebs that have patched up some of the tattered portions and, and clumsily repaired bits of damage that were taken when you scuffled with the terraphobe on the way here. Oh. Fair enough. She looks over at you and she says, Would this be your doing, Garcha Druid of the Animals? Uh, that, that's actually Surprisingly, not Surprisingly, no. It wasn't <laughs> my doing this time. Yeah. It's Just looking at both. It's actually my turn. I recruited them for the Druid Grove. I've had an idea to raise education about the wilds of Chult. And they were my technically second recruits. But they were the first willing recruits, so... She smiles and then she says, Well, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm going to be sad to see them go. They've been incredibly <laughs> friendly... Whenever we have to fly anywhere, they use their silk to adjust the sails and the rigging. They hold the rope ladder in place, and we don't even have to feed them. Indeed, they've been snatching birds and other flying creatures out of the clouds as we skim through the air. Well, I actually plan on awakening them. Maybe you can work out some sort of deal... Uh, I believe they came with a couple of groups of their young, did they not? Or have they not shown themselves? Indeed, she says. At this, she gestures uh, over to one of the sails at the front, and she says, You see that rather large hole there that they weren't able to patch with their cobwebs? She calls out, She calls out, We need the front sails intact! At this, you see the front sail begin to ripple, and then 
a large black splotch emerges from a pouch on the side of the sail and begins to spread across the canvas. And then you see what you realise is a group of hundreds of baby spiders, each connected leg, each connected end on end. Missy! Sorry. As they turn into a large black blanket that patches the hole in the sail. Uh, we all did yet. <laughs> Zasala, Zasala just shrugs. She looks around and she says, "Well, I can't say I'm happy to be journeying on this strange contraption, but seeing how you've put the spiders to use makes me at ease. You respect nature, at the very least." She says, "Very well." Sorry about that. I'll tell you where this tree is. She heads over to the map of Cholt that uh, Captain Bravewing has laid out in front of the helm and marks the location of the forsaken tree. It's in the very centre of the Cholton jungle, she says. This portion of the jungle is where the corruption is the strongest and as we get closer we will be in ever more danger of being attacked are your crew ready for that holy crap we went we literally walked around that yeah i know <laughs> and you did get uh... an increased frequency of random encounters while you were there that is true captain bravewing looks around and she just shrugs and then she looks at you and she says my crew are capable are you capable of defending us should we be attacked I believe we have proven ourselves capable of defense well then she says she brushes her hands together anchors away uh, as, as about we leave, I'm, ten uh, miles to the south. Quickly, <laughs> if you please. The crew begins scurrying back and forth, adjusting the sails and the rigging as she places her hands on the helm and begins to spin the wheel in one swift motion. The airship begins to ascend, rising above the jungle canopy, and once again you find yourself surrounded by a blanket of Milky white, pierced only by the tops of nearby mountains. Uh, before we, you know, before the captain gets too busy, Boba goes up to uh, the captain. Just goes, quick question about your ship. How sturdy is it against larger creatures? She just looks at you and she says, "Hmm. Well, if you'll recall the state it was in when you first saw it." Then she just hmm. smiles. So, T-Rexes are a bad thing, then. She says, dinosaurs are dragons. Don't let a dragon ram into it. And, and if we run into those terror folk again, keep their javelins away from the side of the hole, at least until we can repair the damage. Okay. Noted. Thank you. <laughs> and so the air um, off. Yes, Bulb? Sorry. How many days total is it going to take? Going to take... One, two, three, four days. 
Awesome, that's enough days that as long as we don't get into too many fights, I can awaken everything. And, and you get a long rest as the airship sets off for the first day of travel. One, Hooray. two, four. Who'd like to do the encounter check at the end of the first day? Uh, I will, seeing as no one else popped up. Uh, I never do with these things. Eighteen. <laughs> Eighteen? Um, okay. Uh, that's an encounter. <laughs> so, at the end of the first... Uh, the first day passes pretty much uneventfully, the airship skimming over the sea of clouds as per usual, and by this time you've quite gotten used to the motion of it. You don't feel as nauseous as you usually do. Sometime in the late afternoon, just as, you're pa just as the crew calls out that you're passing above uh, the river Nianzaru, you hear a great roar in the distance, and then one of the crew members shouts out a word that makes your blood run cold. DRAGON AT THE FORE! Oh, you're what? fucking kidding me. <laughs> We're gonna die! Battle stations! Shouts... Captain Bravewing, I would like you to roll for initiative, please. Ooh. Oh, dear Ooh, God. Shit. Oh, what have you done? <laughs> okay. 19, actually. I've got 19 yeah. on my initiative. <laughs> 22. <laughs> Zinhorn? Uh, that Dragon. is a 24. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Dragon. Fuck off with that! It's yeah, no right. fucking way. The fact that we literally just mentioned what is it? I, I was asking for a completely different thing, and she mentioned dragon. It's like, nah, come on, you, you can't seriously throw a dragon at us. But nope, here we are. We've here escaped we are. the dungeon. We escaped the dungeon, and now there be dragons. Exactly. You be dragons. Oh, <laughs> here we be. Fuck yo. Oh. oh, and I didn't change up any of my. Spell. Oh, fuck. oh no! You can change them up now if you like. Oh. Um, yeah, we did have a long rest. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. so annoying because changing my spells mid session is just going to be like. So, ah! Initiative. Uh, nineteen for Bob. Yep. What did Zinhorn get? Uh, twenty-four. Okay, so Zinhorn, you're up first. So. Let me have a look. Spelt wrong, wrong tab. So it's a green dragon. A young, fairly young green dragon as you look at it. Would Zinhorn have knowledge of green dragons? You can make a nature check. Okay, so my nature... That is a 13. 13. So you understand that green dragons are typically poison elemental. So you can expect to have poison breath. Oh, that, that's good for a... Uh, great that's good for green beast I, I You hear <laughs> rustling from down below and then you hear the snap of several trees as their huge green dragon spreads its wings and bursts through the jungle canopy roaring as it flies towards the airship. So you're so up to the So you made your nature check, so yep, you may make that so, one. 
So step number one, bonus action for uh, shield. <laughs> well, actually, you used a bonus action for your nature check, so... Okay, in that case, then uh, main action to summon an air elemental. Air elemental, lovely. I'll grab the token for that. Somewhere I've got so many tokens. <laughs> a young adult. That's from uh, Time of Beast, isn't it? Mo Monster manual. Monster. Yes, I thought so. I've used a um, blue one. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to summon the air elemental? Uh, the air elemental. I'm going to have it uh, come over. To, wrong thing. Uh, over here. Pops out on the bow, I think, of the ship. Yeah, and then Zimhorn's going to run up along over near where the air elemental is staying, yep. spread away around from uh, people's. Yep, okay. Uh, Bulb, it is your turn. Uh, uh no. Uh, Bob, it went uh, before me. Right. She got a 21. Yeah. And to see elemental get to... Oh, uh, well, you summoned it. Yes, yeah, so it does get a turn. So the air elemental flies off the ship, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, it can't get any further than that, but... And it'd be more towards the front, like in line with the uh, with the bow, so over here somewhere? Oh yeah, here, yep, it can, yep. Can't get any further, but it takes flight off the edge of the ship. It is the ship's turn, BANG! The cannons are fired at the oncoming dragon. That is. That is unfortunately a miss. You see a barrage of cannonballs sail past the dragon as it continues flying towards the ship. Uh, Bobbit, your turn. Okay, quick question. I'm pretty sure I asked this the last time we had aerial combat. Can we use the ballistas by any chance? You can. And no, you didn't ask that because I would have gone yeah, and done that. you didn't ask that, but you can oh, use them. <laughs> I kind of sworn I did. Oh, okay, maybe I missed that. Um, well, Bobbit's going to just pull her goggles on because, you know, it's windy and we're fighting stuff. And Bobbit's going to try a hand at this ballista because she's been tempted to use this thing since we got on the damn ship. Yep. So you rush <laughs> up to the nearby ballista, push yeah, away the one, crew yeah. member who's manning it. Uh, grab hold of the controls. Okay, so to roll an attack, it counts as a as a dex weapon. Ah, fair enough. It's not okay. magical, so it's just a roll to hit. Add your dex uh, modifier. Add your proficiency. Uh, dex plus proficiency. So, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a 10. Clearly Bobbit's never used one of these before. <laughs> you pull the lever, thunk, the ballista fires, the huge arrow goes flying through the air about, about 10 feet away from the dragon. Ah, oh, nuts. Keeper, reload. <laughs> Keeper comes forwards, lifts up the next arrow and slots it into the machine. It is Bulb's turn. Okay, so 60 foot radius means 120 foot diameter, doesn't it? Yes. So does that technically mean this entire map? Yes. Okay, I'm going to call lightning. Yep. Um, at 5th level. 
fifth level, yep. Because I'm not dealing with this shit for too long. The dragon's gonna make it. Uh, yeah, so dex save, yes. Yep, that's oh. fine. Uh, so that's I still got to roll a five d ten because he still takes half damage. I think. Yes, he does. Yes. Uh, so five d ten. Uh, twenty nine. So that's fifteen. Fifteen. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then I am going to move behind the mast over here so that we're not all. Yep, clumps together. Clumps together, and then as a bonus action, I'm going to uh, Thorn Shape. Yep. So now I get an extra 36 hit points. Ooh, uh, That is all of my turns. Okay, it is the dragon's turn. It roars as it flaps its wings. Thump, thump, you can hear them beating in the wind. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, um, 60, 65. It flies yeah. straight towards Zinhorn. God. And it goes in, opening its huge mouth and making a bite attack. That is a 22, Zinhorn. You don't have your shield up, so that is a hit. So, Zinhorn, you take. 14 points of piercing damage plus 10 points of poison damage. Then flails yep. its. Yep. So 14 and 10? Yep, 14 and 10. It then flails its claws, going in for its first claw attack. That is a 27 to hit. Take 12 points of slashing damage. And it goes in for its next claw attack, and that is a nat 1. So you duck as its claw sails over your head. It is Sir Lucian's turn. He draws his oh, sword. Oh, he's having his turn. I'll be right back. He draws his sword and charges the dragon. 3d20. Okay, he nat 20s on one. Oh, and cool. then promptly misses his other two. So. <laughs> um. So that will be. He deals 35 points of damage. To the dragon. It roars as he strikes it with his sword, searing some of its scales away. It is now Zinhorn's turn. Did I have to do concentration or con check for concentration? Yes, you do, unfortunately. That fell off the table. That is an 18 for con. 18 for con, yep. Your air elemental is still here. Alright, so Zinhorn is going to bonus action um, get his shield going. Yep. Auto defense straight, you shout. Your shield <laughs> rises and begins to circle around you. And something that's not um, concentration. <laughs> Oh, that's not concentration. So let's just do a thunder wave. Yep. Second level thunder wave. Okay, it's oh going God. to make it save. 
thunder crackles out as it rolls a 16 on its save. It fails. Fails, you blast it 10 feet away. 10, 15. And 8 points of damage. 8 points of damage, not bad at all. Okay, it is Bobbit's turn. And then the air elemental is going to come over. right, the air elemental flies up to it. Uh, What size is this thing? Uh, The dragon is huge. I'm back. Okay. Uh, um... An air elemental punch them with a dragon. This is is everything I hoped this game could be. (laughs) Each creature in the element is better. It doesn't say a size restriction, so... No, so it can attempt to... Whirlwind. Yes. So the dragon's going to make his save. That is a 26. So that it makes it save. Yeah. Um... Uh... 3, D, 8, plus 2. That is 6 plus 2 plus 1 plus 2. 6, 7, 2, 8, 9. That's 11 points, points of damage. Yeah. Okay, it is the ship crew's turn. Bang! The cannon fires. It hits the dragon and deals... 15 points of damage. Hey! The dragon roars as the cannonballs slam into its body. It is Bobbit's turn. Uh, this dragon's currently off the side of the ship, correct? Yes. Cool, Thanks cool. Thanks the thunder wave. Yeah, Bobbit's gonna rub her hands together and goes, Okay, Bobbit can only try this, try this once per day, but let's see how it goes. So bonus action, she's going to use her spell she picked up from the uh, Fey Touched and cast Hex on it. Ooh, nice. Which is which will, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen Hex before, you place a curse on a creature you can see within range until the spell ends. You can deal an extra D- 1d6 necrotic damage to the target whenever you hit with an attack. Also, choose one ability when you cast the spell. The target has disadvantage on ability checks made the chosen ability. I'm choosing Wisdom. Yep. The target drops to zero hit points before the spell ends. I can choose a, I use a bonus action on a subsequent tar- uh, turn of yours to curse a new creature. Remove curse, cast the target ends this early. Now, this is still only being cast at first level because, yep. yeah, Fae Touch unless you use it first level first. But then, with my action... Now I can, can I can cast two, like if one's a bonus action, one's an action. Can I cast two things at once? Um, yes, you can. Cool. With my action, I am going to cast polymorph on it. Ooh. Okay. Using my once a day uh, sculptor of flesh ability, uh, evocation. Yes, it's going. So to make it's it... going to need a wisdom save with disadvantage. With disadvantage. That is a six. And that fails miserably. And Bobbit is going to turn it into a cow. Says the dragon, now a cow, as it tumbles down, down below the clouds, below the jungle canopy. It takes... Oh, hiya. Are we? Uh, we're in an airship. About... I imagine if we're above the clouds, we're a fair way up. 
Yeah, uh, you're about 100 feet up, so that is 10d6 of damage. Also, we get a full round to prepare, because you fall at 60 feet a second. Yes. Hmm. So it takes <laughs> 26 points of damage, you hear it, as it hits the ground, was... and this ends the polymorph. You see the dragon just sprawled, his limbs disjointed. Uh, underneath the jungle canopy and then he roars and spreads his wings and starts to fly back up. Aww. I was really kind of hoping that was just going to straight up end combat as the ship kept moving. Well, it's but 1d6 damage per 10 feet and fall, so... And the dragon as... has 80 feet speed. Uh, I wasn't looking at as far as, like, you know, damage was concerned. I was thinking more along the lines of just turn to a cow, the ship just keeps moving as we go. Yeah. Yeah, hey, but the dragon's got... probably now really pissed and it has an 80 foot speed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, either way, I was hoping to do something stupid like this. So I'm just happy it worked, really. Fuck, <laughs> turn a dragon into a cow. Good time. the dragon's. Oh, yeah. Turn. You can also take an extra yep. D6 of necrotic damage since it was under hex as well. Yes, that's right. So. I'll roll that one. You can have. Oh, six. Six, okay. Boop. Uh. Uh, Keeper can just, I don't know, defend me if something goes to shit. It is the dragon's turn. It spreads its wings and roaring begins to fly back up towards the ship. He has a fly speed of 80 feet, so he can't quite get back up to the full height of the ship. So what he does is from underneath the ship, he unleashes his poison breath, pointing it towards the ship, catching... God damn it! Zinhorn, Lucian, the Air Elemental, Bobbit, and Keeper. So hey! Elemental's immune. <laughs> yeah, Bobbit Air just Elemental's stands. immune. Bobbit uh, and Keeper aren't even going to roll for anything. We're just going to stand here. Yep. So Zinhorn and Sir Lucian are going to make their deck saves. So I'm going to make one for oh, Sir I, Lucian. Just imagine Bobbit just says, getting like a scrubber out, sat in the shell. Yeah, yeah. Just sits there and goes, <laughs> Sir Lucian uh, passed. Well, dex save, was it? Yes. Yeah, that's 24. 24, okay. So you take 25 points of poison damage, and so does Sir Lucian. It is now Sir Lucian's turn. He's uh, what about Bulb? Oh, yeah, Bulb, yeah, your turn. Go on. We've got about uh, Basically, all I'm going to do is try and hit him with a lightning bolt um, again. <laughs> so he, you, he's going to make his save again. Let us see how he goes. That is a seventeen. Uh, that ah, oh, that meets it, so it beats it. Uh, hold on, wait, is it still seventeen? Yes, it's still seventeen. So yeah, he meets it, so he beats it. Five, Takes half ten. Uh, oh, that was a shit roll. <laughs> oh, what was it? Uh, seventeen. So that is eight damage. Oh, whoops. Oh well, that's okay. Okay. It is now Sir Lucian's turn. He rushes to the edge of the airship and hurls his hand axe down at it. He hits it twice and deals 25 points of damage to it. 
it is now Zinhorn's turn. Alright, so... Um, Zinhorn is... How far away is the dragon? 20 feet underneath the ship. 20 feet underneath. Alright, so... Zinhorn is going to... Uh, wild shape into air elemental. Yep. And then have the two elementals uh, merge. Yep. Rush Go towards to the air elemental. Please make an arcana check. That is a 13 plus 4 is a 17. 17? You try to merge with the air elemental. DC is 18, and as the dragon as the dragon's poison breath still rocks the ship, you hit the air elemental at just the wrong wrong angle and fail to merge with it. Nuts. But you still can do your air elemental attack if you like. Um, well, in that case, I'm going to have both the air elementals rush towards the dragon at the same time. Yep, so both air elementals charge the dragon. Go ahead and roll their attacks. So... First attack is an 11 plus 8, or 19. Yep, that is a hit. It's 2d8, which is 12 plus 5 is 17 points of damage. Yep. Next attack. Number 2 is a 14 plus 8, so 22. That's a hit. That's on the floor today. That is 8 plus 5 is 13 points of damage. Buffet the dragon with tightly compressed wind, striking it in the chest. It roars, looks at you, and then its eyes roll back in its head as it falls limp down, and you hear a thump as its huge dead body comes to rest on the jungle floor. Can we make a quick stop? Bobby, turned a dragon into a cow. This has been a fun day. Where there's one, there's always more, shouts the captain. Full speed ahead! Aww. Oh, fine. Zinhorn's going to stay in air elemental form. Yep. And get behind, have the air, air elemental and Zinhorn behind a sail each and just... Yeah, just buffet <laughs> the ship with wind. And as you buffet the sails, the ship picks up speed, and then you hear another roar as the jungle canopy tears, and out bursts another green dragon, at least twice the size of the one you just defeated. It flaps its wings, its eyes burning red with rage, but two air elementals buffeting the sails cause the ship to go faster and faster. The roars... The roars decrease in volume. <coughs> Excuse me. And the dragon flapping its wings as fast as it can grows smaller and smaller and smaller, unable to catch up with the ship until it is just a sp- 
effect on the horizon. We're safe, shouts the captain. Everyone, back to, back on the sails, back to work. Go, go, go. <laughs> Bob is just okay. looking off the back of the ship going, I think he's going to remember us. Oh, no, knowing our luck, we'll meet him in a week or two. Oh, yeah, Bubba's really, been finding a lot of people that want to kill her recently. But, I suppose this is just one more. Hooray! Oh. Shortly, after, shortly after the shortly after the combat settles down, night falls, and the crew retire to their quarters. You find your hammocks below deck and settle in for the night. You may have a short rest and yeah. anything else you'd like to do, Bol? Uh, yeah, I am going to call... What was it? Gregorovich? Was that one of the... Gregory and Igor. Igor, yes. Gregor. I'm going to call Gregor, and I'm going to spend the night casting Awaken on him. Yep. Simple so wants to watch this. Yep. Okay. So. And because I'm using my staff, I don't need to use any material components. Yes, but you are giving up a short rest. Yes, that's fine. I didn't. Well, did I get hit while I was no, gone? No, you didn't take any damage. Oh, no, yeah, so I'm I'm good. I've that used one spell slot and didn't take damage, yep. so... So you call the spider known as Grigori into your quarters, and you spend the night in front of him, magic flowing from the staff into his body, and as the first rays of sunlight begin to, uh, begin to peak from beneath the clouds outside the portal. He raises his front leg to you in a salute, opens his fanged mouth and shouts, TO CAPITALISM! And everyone actually hears that, because yes. Awakening gives them a intelligence okay. of 10, That's and the ability voice. to speak common. Zinhorn, <laughs> who is sitting in the room, legs crossed in meditation, hears this she hears this pledge of support and nearly topples over in surprise. And then as dawn approaches, I get to regain charges and I regain all the charges that I just used using Awaken. The captain rings her bell, summoning the crew to, say, to continue their tasks to sail on for the next day. The crew scurry onto the deck and with them is Grigori and as soon as he reaches the deck he raises his front legs and begins barking orders to the crew you there on the eastboard sail you on the westboard sail we will work together for the motherland <laughs> what have I done <laughs> this is a fun day takes about half an hour for all the sails to be adjusted and for the rigging to be for all the sails to be adjusted and for the ship to be in any condition to, to to take off because the crew is so astounded that one of the spiders that has been aiding them for a month can now talk. They immediately abandon their work, gather around him, begin cheering him and feeding him flagons of ale. He drinks them up, and by the end of the half hour, he's staggering around on his eight legs, saying, Ah, yes, bread and ale, uh, yes, the fruits <laughs> of labor for the people. <laughs> Fine. Uh, 
One, two, three. This is going to be a long rest, correct? Short rest. Oh, short rest. At the end uh. of the second day, who would like to roll an encounter check? Not me, because I'm not summoning another fucking dragon. Alright, there we go. Damn. Okay, hmm. Well, remember why I said that the uh, hex and uh, polymorph thing was once a day? Yeah, I might have to wait a little bit longer, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, no, you get it back because it's another day. Oh, is it? does it say long rest or does it say once a day? Um, both of them are, according to this, Sculpt of Flesh is one per long rest. Oh, okay, yeah. And... No, so you don't get the yeah. Alright. No, I didn't know. So who'd like to do um, the encounter? Uh, I'll go. I, I, I rolled a nat one. Nat one? Oh, yay! So the second day passes uneventfully, and as you retire, as the sun sets, you just hear Captain Bravewing wipe her brow on her forehead and go, oh, at least no dragon today. Here, here, shouts Gregory. The dragon is the spectre of communism across Europe. One of the crew oh members looks at him and says, what's Europe? Bob's just totally off over the side, just like, Stonelands in Europe. Nah. <laughs> I'm Second verse, same as the first. Yeah. I'm so awakening Igor. You call Igor into Eagle. your quarter. Zinhorn, are you going to watch this one? Yes, he's fascinated yes. by the... So Zinhorn once again <laughs> oh, is legged sitting in meditation as you bring the second spider into the quarters. And Grigori is there watching the first time and egging you on as the magic flows from the staff. You hear Grigori saying, Yes, yes. Devour the knowledge. Knowledge leads to power, and power serves the motherland. And once again, as the first rays of morning light peep from beneath the clouds, Eagle raises one of his front legs and shouts, For the great leader! Oh, motherfucker. Oh. Oh. oh, this is great. Uh, this is great. This is Two spiders in unison head up to deck, and before you even have a chance to get up there, follow them up there, you hear the crew shouting and cheering, Yeah! Now there's two of them! Hooray! Get the ale! And by the time you get up to deck, you see the two spiders surrounded by a circle of crew, the last keg of ale has been brought from below deck and is sat next to them and both of the spiders are just sitting there clasping several mugs with each of their legs drinking up the ale as the crew cheer on Yay! For communism! Drink, 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 drink! <laughs> oh god, this is amazing Three, four. At the end of the third day, who would like to roll an encounter check? Uh, I suppose it's my turn. Go ahead. Okay, come on. Ah, uh, shit. Fifteen. Fifteen. That is another encounter. Oh, no! That dragon catches up to us and it's actually an ancient... Oh, yeah. crap. If, 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 if the adult ones comes comes after us, I'm jumping off this ship. The sun begins to set as one of the crew members shouts, Something there on the fore! It's... It's another airship! Oh! Uh, 
do you assume battle positions or do you just wait and see what happens just to be safe maybe get ready i don't know bob it's doesn't know how airships work around the zealous sanders so we're just hmm i am going to talk to my spiders yep and what do you bid them i tell them if this turns into an actual fight i want you to sneak down the bottom of the ship cross to the other ship up the other side and cut their rigging and then make your way back it is every man's duty to defend the motherland, shouts Grigori as he leads Igor off the side of the ship. Freaking love these two. The other airship draws closer and closer. Its sails are bright red, billowing in the wind. And from the flagpole, you see a long yellow and red striped flag. Oh, it's okay says Lady Bravewing. It's a Hellruin ship. A Hellruin trader. Oh. Oh. the size of relief around the crew as the trading airship eventually draws closer and closer until the two airships are parallel to each other. Lady Bravewing casts Thaumaturgy to enhance her voice and calls out, Happy sails! You hear the captain of the other ship shout, and to you, we heard that a Halruan airship had been spotted in Chult. Thought we'd, thought we'd pay a visit to Port Nianzaru, see what we could trade. Ah, good, shouts Captain Bravewing. Yes, that is us. We're assisting the ones who ended the death curse. Oh, is that so? Calls the captain of the trade ship. Well, we might have something that they might want. Did I get an encounter that's not going to kill us all? Yes. Captain Bravewing smiles. She looks over her shoulder and she says, What do you say? Want to see their wares? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Uh, right. No, I don't want to see what the magical flying airship has to sell from another country. Let's do this! Show <laughs> us what you have, she shouts, and the red-sailed airship comes to a stop as we see its crew dressed in blue robes scattering below deck, carrying out crates and barrels to showcase their uh, wares. As, as they're doing this, Bob is just going to quietly lean over to Bob and go, maybe you should tell the spiders to come back. Yeah, I was just thinking... <sighs> <laughs> yes, like, I was just yeah. about to call to them. It's alright. Yep. Yeah, you, you call them back and you just hear from below the ship. What the great leader says is law! <laughs> and oh, hail Bob, the great leader! <laughs> I would like someone to roll a d20, please. Uh, this is Bobbit's encounter, so... Alright, well, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll no, yep. one. Yep. Panda dice, don't let me down. Ah, 15 again. 15 again, okay. Let me see. Also, I'm going to train up a fucking civilization of spider riding kobolds. Just you yeah, watch. Ah, that, that, sounds, <laughs> that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm sure it will have a long-lasting and amazing <laughs> time before it's destroyed in exactly ten years the from now. The traders rifle through their crates and barrels until one of them brings out a golden necklace. He holds it up, and then the captain of the trader ship shouts with his thaumaturgically amplified voice, An amulet of health! <gasps> oh, 
That's good. That's two thousand gold pieces, and it is yours. Ah, damn. Mm -hmm. I mean, mine's con's pretty solid. He's got the worst con here. I have a sixteen. Same here. I already have an amulet of health. So. Oh. Um, I mean, rock, paper, scissors. Unless, well, I mean, I don't actually have any money, enough money for that, so... What do oh, you have Zin that you'll trade me for? Zinhorn does have the, uh, studded two, uh, studded leather plus two and the rapier plus two as well, if you need to. Let's have a look at your... Trade. Uh, hmm. I mean, I'll just buy it for you. I'm sure we could work something out. Does require attunement. Uh, well, I don't really use the pearl of power, so it's not an issue. Plus, you know, I already have. I'm just trying to work out what I could trade for Bol. Is anything that would work for him? Yeah, I'm gonna buy it because if I'm gonna buy it, yep, because I I have the gold for it, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then we'll work something out. In a minute. <laughs> 2,000 gold pieces to one of the crew members, and they throw out the rope ladder, turning it into a bridge between the two ships. A crew member from the other ship begins to crawl out. He hangs in the middle of the rope ladder while the crew member with the pouch of gold crawls out and meets him in the middle. They make the exchange, and the crew member soon re-emerges beside you, handing you the amulet of health. Happy sails, calls the captain of the trading ship as the crew scurry, pull the red sails up so they catch the wind and then the airship begins to shrink into the horizon as it leaves. Wait, what is that pearl of power? Uh, pearl of power is basically you can use it to um, uh, restore a spell yeah, that was it. Uh, pearl of Power. When this pearl is on your person, you can use an action to speak its command and regain one expended spell slot. If the expended slot was a fourth, le a third, uh, fourth level higher, the new slot is third level. Yeah, once you use the pearl, it can be can't be used again until the next door. So basically, it can give you a spell slot up to third level, level three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trade if you want. Yeah, I tried that. I'll take uh, the pearl now. Uh, Diggity. You make the exchange, each of you happy with your new acquisition, and you head downstairs, oh, yeah. find your hammocks, and rest for the night. It's uh, 19 in constitution, I have to fix that now. Yep. I'm going to awaken that assassin vine that I have in a jar. Oh dear <laughs> god. <laughs> it's going to awaken and just go, I will strangle you all! <laughs> And so, you bring the assassin vine down, and the two spiders in Zinhorn watch as the energy flows from the staff, and just as dawn peaks once again through the clouds, the assassin vine reaches up one of its thorns, pushes the cork out of the top of the specimen jar, and shouts, Where is he? Let me at him! I'm gonna wring his neck! Ah! Ah! Yeah, this is perfect. I love all okay, this. So, I haven't convinced this guy yet, so now begins that. I have a proposition for you. Proposition? All I care about is wringing someone's neck. Let me at him! Rah! 
the assassin vine shouts as the two spiders step forwards and hold out their legs to restrain him. Please make a persuade check. Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Six. <laughs> Six. Well, better luck next time. Ah, I'm gonna chuck the life out of you, shouts the assassin vine, writhing and twisting. The spiders look at each other, and then Grigori looks at you, and he says, I am sorry, great leader. This one is a danger to the people's revolution. And then they... And then they descend upon him, bearing their fangs, and tear the assassin vine to shreds before your eyes. I was just going to command them to drop him over the side, but okay. The revolution is safe, says Igor, as he hands you the desiccated remains of the assassin vine. All of the fluids and sap within it have been sucked out by the spiders. It's now just a dry, a dry, limp husk. Well, at least now I know that you are devoted enough to the cause that you will defend it. What's <laughs> so oh, the total loss? They both <laughs> shout in unison. <laughs> If I ever say that I don't love you, just know that I'm lying and that I do love you. <laughs> Both of you. Hear shouts from above deck, the captain ordering the crew to get to work. After a few hours, she shouts, Forsaken tree ahead! Anchors down! And just after lunchtime, the airship is brought to a halt. The magical anchors are deployed, holding it in place. And then Igor and Grigori use their silk to once again hold the rope ladder in place as you make your way down to the jungle below, accompanied by Artis, Messica, Zosala, and the Obanashi mage hunters. I tell the sword spiders to stay with the ship. They salute you with their front legs, and as you climb down below the jungle canopy, you notice that this portion of the jungle is darker, more sinister than any other part of the Cholton jungle you've been in before. The jungle canopy is much thicker, there is very, very little spots where the daylight sun peeks through. Rather, it seems to be an endless blanket of branches and foliage twisted together almost as if they've been fused together by some dark power, engulfing this entire area in purplish shadow. The deeper you climb, the more a sense of unease begins to well up inside you. Here is the heart of the corruption in the jungles of Cholt, and thanks to that corruption, you will not be able to get a long rest. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, would I have had a chance to attune to the Pearl of Power? Yes, you can attune, but you cannot get a long rest. No, yep, yep, cool. I will tune um, to the Amulet of Health as well while we're here. We, um... The Amulet of Armor, that... Every time I got nat 20 I needed to actually roll to see if that got destroyed, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it got destroyed, because I got hit with a few nat right. 20s. Sadly, it got destroyed. So I had a 3 attunement slot anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sadly, it got destroyed. 
Yeah, because I got hit with like five or six the last two episodes. So, yeah, I don't fair. feel bad saying it probably got destroyed. The trunk of the forsaken tree is a twisted miasma of sinuous, ashen-coloured wood that rises up beyond the thick jungle canopy. The stench of death and decay permeate the humid air, making it harder to breathe as you near the tree's base. Resting here would be quite a feat. A chain of twisted roots rise out of the ground like a petrified wave, extending hundreds of feet from the trunk. In the centre, an opening about 30 feet wide can be spotted, surrounded by an arch of twisted vines and branches appear to subtly twist and writhe around the opening. The Obanashi clan disperse. They surround the tree and begin to wrap it with great crimson-coloured ropes. Hanging from the ropes are tattered flags bearing the Obanashi clan's symbol. Magical wards, Sasala describes seeing the confusion on your face. They will hold the tree in place while Artus and I and the rest of the clan perform the ritual to bind the roots so that you may enter. Artus steps forwards, grim-faced, his hand wrapped around the finger on which rests the Ring of Winter. He looks at you and he says, if there's anything you'd like to do before entering, now would be the time. Indeed, says Zashala. We'll take about ten minutes to prepare for the ritual, for us to get these magical wards wrapped around the trunk of the tree. Then, as soon as we begin the ritual, you must embark into the depths immediately. They probably would have held off on the polymorph thing, but I can wait for another day. Uh, hmm. Hey, still got a cool uh, use out of it. Oh, I know, hmm. I know. I just, I had, I had. A, I mean, a, your polymorph mine. worked on a dragon. That is true. Mine yeah. failed miserably. <laughs> yeah, but I suppose that's the hex definitely helped a lot with yeah. that. Uh, I have nothing that I can prepare, so um, I am ready. Although my armor goes the... down to. 16, 18. Uh, Bobbit is going to take out the odd pile of bones that she has just in her yep. coat pockets. Because, you know, we're Racing probably going to need help in here. That's a good idea. Yeah, well, it's actually the uh, remains of that bone golem we fought way back when yes. we had that unfortunate incident with a lot of property damage that was definitely <laughs> not her fault at all, shush. So, not sure what this is actually going to make when I resummon it, but... Unless you cast Animate Dead, the bones coalesce into the expected number of skeletons. However, the way they fit together is wrong. You have legs that are too large for the pelvic bone that they attach to. You have a skeleton with one tiny arm and one long arm, a mixture of ribs that are different lengths and shapes, but... Somehow, these these deformed, mismatched skeletons manage to stand on their feet, walk towards you, and salute at attention. That's enough. How many do you get? I believe it's five. 
Yes. Five skeletons. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Are you walking towards those? Yeah. Bob only has two things to say at this point before we go into whatever fresh hell awaits us. <laughs> Looks over at Bob and says, If anything happens to Bob in there, she requests reincarnation, not resurrection. Just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> and looks okay, over at Artis <laughs> and just looks over at Artis and goes, Have fun, Artis. By the way, it wasn't for the fact that it's gonna kill you. She really wants that ring of yours. Artis just says, uh, No, you don't, Lady Alessandra. Trust me on that one. And then Oh, no, come on, what's one more voice inside my head? And then he walks off to meet with the other Obanashi clan. With the Obanashi clan members as they assemble into a circle. Um, I, sorry, I'm just going to quickly summon, uh, eight, uh, what has really good, um, perception? Uh, does a wolf have really good perception? Uh, yes, I'm going to summon eight wolves. Eight wolves, very well. You summon the eight and... wolves and they appear next to the three mismatched skeletons. You and their orders are going to be warn us of danger. Very well. Zasala steps forwards and she says, We will now begin the ritual. Lady Alessandra, Archdruid's Bulb and Zinhorn, Sir Lucian, the Sounding Stone will guide you towards the Daijobi Senga. Whenever you reach a junction in the caverns beneath the tree, Allow the sounding stone to point you in the right direction. You need not get lost if you trust in the sounding stone. She says, good luck. We hope to see you and the Daijobi Senga very soon. She hobbles back into the circle and then, in unison, the Obanashi clan members begin to chant, singing their voices, their voices ringing out like a low hum as Arctus, in the middle of the circle, raises his hands. The, wing of the ring of winter glows a bright blue and magic begins to flow outward from it. Waves of vibrant energy that surround the chanting mage hunters. The writhing vines and branches at the base of the tree become dormant, locked in place, and between them, at the very base of the tree, you can see a hole, just big enough for you to crawl into. You all nod to take one last look at the chanting Obanashi clan members, and one by one crawl into the hole. You crawl for what seems like what seems like hours as the shaft twists and turns as bits of wood as jagged bits of wood stick out and prick you on the back of your neck stick into the small of your back and jostle you from side to side it is a tough fit but eventually you see the dim light at the end of the shaft and pull yourselves out into the darkness below the roots of the tree. The passages beneath the tree are lined with thorny, twisted vines and roots that writhe and pulse as you begin to make your way down the passage. 
Sometimes these vines even bleed or form into visages of tormented faces that scream silently at you. Any light source you carry seems to shed a tinge of deep red, making it look as if the tunnels, the vines and the screaming faces are painted in a layer of blood. I'd like someone to roll a d6 please. Any volunteers? Yep, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can do it. It's you. I was gonna say, guess it's you buddy. Would <laughs> uh, that be a two? Okay, a two, a two plus one, that is three junctions you must get through before you get to the Chamber of the Cursed Heart. Um, I will be right back. Okay. And so, with Alessander holding out the sounding stone, you make your way through these macabre tunnels. The rune on the sounding stone glowing bright orange. You make your... You continue walking until you come to a junction. The tunnel splits into four separate passages. You stop and Alessander holds out the sounding stone at the entrance to each tunnel. Alessander, I'd like you to make an insight mm-hmm. check, please. Oh. And Zinhorn help? Zinhorn can help, yes. But I was saying, I said, even with even with my plus one, I'm going to need some help on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got lucky. I rolled an eight and a sixteen, so that's going to be seventeen. You hold out the sounding stone at the entrance to each tunnel, and there, the second tunnel to the right, you notice that the sounding stone begins to release an almost imperceptible hum. This must be the correct direction. And so you continue down this tunnel. As you go, the tunnel gets narrower. The vines and the vines and branches continue to writhe. The fleshy faces growing out of them continue to scream in silent pain. And then, as you step into a particularly narrow part of the tunnel. I would like everyone to roll for initiative, please. Okay. Okay. Oh, not good. Well, that's an eight for Alessander. Zinhorn? That'd be a ten. Ten? I rolled a two. <laughs> wow, Zinhorn rolled bad on initiative. That almost never happens. I oh, know, I rolled a two plus an eight, so... <laughs> yeah, still yep. better than me by Linsolid. <laughs> uh... Alright. Wait for the bowl. But as you... As you continue down the tunnel, you begin to hear shuffling ahead in the darkness and then out of the red haze step three bony emaciated corpses their eyes glowing bright yellow they open their mouths and moan as they shuffle towards you obviously some type of undead but they move with agility that you've never seen before 
their first few steps of the normal zombie gait, but then all three of them break into a run, sprinting towards you. Sinon just Sinon looks at Bobbit and goes, Are they friends of yours? Please tell me they're friends of yours. (laughs) Uh, Bobbit, what was your initiative? Uh, no, I only got an 8, so I believe I'm going last. Alright, well, the enemies have a 19. I'm going to assume Bolt doesn't get 19. So, Spawn of Caius 1 roars and sprints out of the red haze of a nearby tunnel towards you. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay, it is Sir Lucian's turn. Sir Lucian rushes towards the nearest monster, raises his sword and swings at it. That is a nat 20, a nat 1, and a 12. So he hits it twice. Uh. He deals 30 points of damage to it, knocking it to the floor. It climbs to its feet and roars, flailing its clawed arms at him. Okay, it is... uh, Zinhorn, what did you get? Ten. Ten. Okay, it is Messica's turn. Messica runs ahead. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, and... Stands her ground, waiting for the enemies to approach. Zinhorn, it is your turn. Okay. So, pick on front. Zinhorn is going to flame blade at yep. second level. Yep. And charge over to it's, number. It's, Yep. The far side of number one. Yep, flanking it. Yep. Go ahead and roll with initiative. Well, with advantage, sorry. <laughs> that is 13 plus 9 is a 22. That is a hit. Roll your damage. 36. Is uh, 10 points of fire damage. Lovely. They are not weak to fire, but you see the creature raise its hands, blocking out its face from the flames of your sword as you attack it. And then have the vine come around and go for a swing. Go ahead. And then vine is a plus four. That is a 15. That is a hit. Roll the damage. Okay. And 28. I'm sorry. Yep. One point of... One point of damage. Uh, how much damage? One point of damage. Lovely. <laughs> hey, that you overgrown leather sack! Shouts your vine as he swings his axe at the spawn of Caius. See what Bulb gets on his initiative. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, Bulb, you're up. Cool. Uh, yeah, I was literally just supposed to get up and turn the fucking oven on. To, to heat up for food, and because the power went out, oh. I had to actually press buttons on it to, oh, to reset. get it to yeah. go. Yeah. It happens. 
Yep. Um, okay, so can I just get a very brief overview of what's happening? So, we made your way into the tunnel past zombies. the first intersection. Bobbit used the sounding stone to find the correct path. And now, as you're making this your way down this tunnel, three emaciated, leathery corpses have come running out of the red, red haze of darkness at you. Okay, and do I have my eight wolves? Do I will put them on the map. Have to add awesome. I'm going to send three to help Sir Lucian and Zinhorn. Yep. Um, and then I and the other five are going to race five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 down here behind uh, me me Mastica. Yep, Messica. Messica. Um. Yep. That's four to eight, and so you're just gonna run over there. You're not gonna cast a spell. Uh, and I'm going to cast um produce flame and throw it. Yep. All right. At two or three. Uh, let's go with two because it's closest, and I just gotta get... Yep, alright, make a ranged spell attack, please. I get plus 11 now, so... Hey, that's 27! That's a hit, roll your damage. Uh, and produce flame, does that go up damage? 3d8 fire! It does. Because I stayed a solo class for once. You did. Good thinking. Uh, 3d8. I actually have 3d8s. 4... Seven, 14. Nice, 14. Ah! The creature roars as you hurl a small plume of flame at it. Okay, it is Bobbit's turn. Okay. So, who's going what way to this friend Um. Bobbit is going to send her skeletons to go help with, uh... Actually, no, we probably need... Trying to tell which way to send forces. The skeletons can go help, um... Zinhorn and... Lucian. Lucian. Yep. While myself and... Keeper can go and... Try and see if we can help with the other two again. Yep. Alright, so 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. You can stand behind Bob, behind Bob. Looks to me, Keeper's going to be obviously a little further back, because yep. he's a low boy. 15, 20. Right, he can just reach you, but um, he won't yeah. be able to attack until next turn. You're going to cast the spell. That's okay. Uh, yes, I might just go with the old tried and true Eldritch Blast on uh, number two. Yep. Some force damage into him. So let's see, that is 12 plus. I remember this when I need to use the damn thing. Uh, 12 plus 9, so yeah, that's a 23 on the first, and then only an 11 on the second. Both hit, roll your damage. Oh, fine. Okay. 10 on the first, and so that's going to be 7 on the second, so that's 17 points of force damage. Lovely. Okay. Okay. Uh, the skeletons can attack if they if they can if they've reached the first one. Yep. 
All right. At the end of your turn, the skeletons launch an attack on spawn of Caius number one. So that will be 5d20s. And... Do they get advantage for flanking? Ah, yes, they do. And three of them hit. So that is 12 points of damage. To the spawn of Caius. And Bulb's Wolves, one to three, also attack. And they get advantage because of pack tactics. They do. Nice. There's some mob. D20. Okay, two of them hit, one nat 20s. So. Oh, no. Dang. That is 11 points of damage to the spawn of Caius, number one. Okay. Um. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 11 strength saving throw or be not prone. Yep, let's do that. 11, I forget about that 13, every time. and 13. Yeah, so, fair enough. Okay, it is now the enemy's turn as Keeper can't do anything yet. Okay. So, uh, let me see uh, here. Can he, hold his ex- can he hold his ex to attack if something gets close? Yeah, sure. Joy grips, grips his hands into a fist and he stands firm, eyeing down the enemies. Okay, so the spawn of Caius 2 takes one step forward and opens its mouth, and a tiny worm drops out of its mouth and begins to slither along the floor towards Bulb. Bulb, I need you to make a deck save, please. Okay. Master, <laughs> is that Lord Tongues? Is that you? <laughs> uh, that is a 16. 16. You fail. You see the small worm coming towards you. You try to avoid it, but it scrambles up your boots, up your clothing, lands on your arm, and burrows down into your skin. You take one oh. point of piercing damage. What the fuck? Okay. Then spawn of Caius 3 runs forwards and roars as it makes two claw attacks. One against Messica. The first one is a 22. It hits her. She takes nine points of damage. The second one against Bol. That is a 16. Uh, That hits. That meets it. Yep. Because I don't have my shield up. So you take... Six points of slashing damage plus three points of necrotic damage, so nine damage altogether. Mm-hmm. And then it opens its mouth as another worm drops down and begins to flail towards Bobbit. Bobbit, please make a deck save. Oh, please. Why would you do this? That was three. That is. Ooh, 22. That was 19. You see the worm coming. And you stamp down on it, crushing it. Mm. Look over the bulb and just go, Is that thing still inside you? <laughs> it, it is. Spawn of Caius yes. 1 makes two claw attacks against Sir Lucian. First is a 13, it misses. The second is a nat 20, so Sir Lucian takes 14 slashing damage and 14 necrotic damage, so 28 altogether he takes. Thanks. He has taken 52 points of damage altogether so far. It then opens its mouth 
spits out another worm which begins to slither towards Zinhorn. Zinhorn, make a deck save, please. That's a 19 plus 8. 19 plus 8. You see the worm coming. You step backwards, and as it leaps towards you, you catch it and crush it in your hands. Okay, uh, it is Sir Lucian's turn. He is going to use his second wind as a bonus action. So that so is I gotta make it. 10 plus 12. Like save. He, tw- he gains 22 HP. He's down to, is up to 131. And then he attacks with his sword. 20. And he hits it three times. Dealing 26 points of damage to it. It is now Bulb's turn. Hey, I'm at the start of your turn. You feel you feel your insides squirming, and you look at your arm, and you can see the worm burrowing under your skin. You take six points of necrotic damage. Six points. Okay, okay. This is getting interesting. This is getting very interesting. Um. I'm going to. I'm going to roll my concentration first. Yep. Which is fourteen plus seven, so I'm fine. Um, I'm going to bonus action summon my shield, so vomit. Yep. Uh, so my AC becomes eighteen. Yep. Uh, I'm just... Oh, it's already in my skin, it's not actually on me. Yeah, it's right underneath your skin. I... am going... To... Reduce flame once again. Yep. I guess. You're gonna throw it or melee with it. Uh, well, it's the same because it's a yeah, spell. spell attack. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, I'm just gonna melee number. T- uh, th- Actually, no, I'm gonna throw it at number two because yep. we've already got damage on him. Yep. Uh, that's 17 plus 11, so 28. That's a hit. Roll your damage. Uh, that is a much better roll. That is. 5, 11, 18. Ooh, nice. 18 points of damage. Alright. Um, just see. Yep, okay. Um, it is now Messica's turn. With a look of disgust on her face, she raises her Kolpesh swords. She uses a fainting attack on Sport of Caius 3 and reaches out to claw her, but she ducks and then takes advantage of the opening, swinging both of her swords at it. So the first will be 
a hit with 21, and it takes 10 points of damage. And then she swings with her other sword, and that will be a hit with 27, and it takes another 10 points of damage. It is now uh, uh, Bobbit's turn. No, Zinhorn's turn. I will be right again. Zinhorn is going to activate his shield yep. as a bonus action, and then swing flame blade. Yep. Again. Go ahead, roll to hit it. That is a, a fourteen. Fourteen. That is a hit. Roll your damage. Yay! And another three d six of fire is 6 and 6 is 12 plus 4 is 16. 16, nice. Okay, it is Bobbit's turn. Okay, can I... I'm not in melee distance, am I? No, you'll have to squeeze past no. Bob and his wolves. Eh. Nah, it's fine. I can just keep throwing um, Meltridge Blasts at the Number three, is there anything I could do to try and help Bulb understand what that worm thing was at all? No, not un unless you have the time to sit down and examine it. You just know it's bad. Mm -hmm. God damn it. Because I can't help but feel that's probably going to be bad in some manner. But, oh well, in the meantime, here we go once again with Eldritch Blast, because I don't really know what to do with these damn things. Yep. Alright, one is a 14 and a 16. Both hit. At least, at least they have that in common with regular zombies. Uh, that's only going to be 9 points of force damage. It's not a ton, but yeah, what we do. Yep, very well. Okay. It is uh, now... Oh, Keeper and the Skeletons still in it. Yep, Keeper and the Skeletons. So the Skeletons yeah, go boys. in, they attack Spawn of Caius 1, and destroy it. Yay! Meanwhile, Bulb's Wolves, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, run back towards the other fight. His remaining Wolves go to attack Spawn of Caius 3. Two of them hit, and deal... Eight points of damage. It's going to roll to see if it falls prone. It gets an 18 on the first and a 21 on the second, so it stays on its feet. And then it is Keeper's turn. Keeper steps forward. Uh, actually, Keeper can't step forward because all the wolves are in the way. So Keeper just stands there in place if anyone gets through. It is the enemy's turn. Spawn of Caius 3 opens its mouth, sending out a worm towards Bobbit. Please make a deck save, Bobbit. <laughs> why, why are we going to do this? Um, that's only a 12 this time. A 12. The worm slithers towards you, leaps onto your cloak, and then scurries up onto your arm, and then you take one point of piercing damage as it buries itself in your flesh. Oh, that's not gonna be good. It then makes a claw attack at one of the wolves. It nat 20s. 
and reaches forwards and rips one of the wolves' heads off. Then it makes a second claw attack at the wolves. It hits and kills another wolf. This wolf just yelps and drops dead. Spawn of Caius 2 steps forwards. He opens his mouth, sending out a worm towards Messica. She's going to roll a deck save. She passes, leaping out of the way as the worm slips past her. She steps, kneels down and crushes it underfoot. And then it's going to make a claw, going to make its claw attacks against Messica. So the first one is a 16. She dodges out of the way. And the second is a 20. It hits her and deals 17 points of damage to her. She's looking a bit hurt, but she not looks over her shoulder and nods, grinning her teeth, showing you that she's still in the fight. It is now Bulb's turn. Yep. Okay. I'm just going to... Bulb, at the start of your turn... Oh, yes, yes. Burrowing within your body, and you take 14 points of necrotic damage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I am going to, as a bonus action, activate. No, I'm not. Um. Uh. Is in horn, do we get. Oh, uh, no, don't worry. Um, what? I was going to ask, do we get our wild chase back after a short rest? Yes. Yes? Okay, I'm going to use my last wild shape to thorn shape again. Yep. So that now I have extra health that will be getting taken off instead of... Um... And then I'm just going to produce flame and throw it at number two again. Alright, go ahead, roll to hit him. Uh, that is 21. That is a hit, roll your damage. That is 5, 7, 14. 14, nice. And then at the end of your turn, your wolves rush forwards. Wolves 4 to 6, each of them rolls. They both hit. They pounce on the spawn of Caius, pin it to the ground, and rip its head off. Lovely! It is Sir Lucian's turn. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. He raises his hand axe and hurls it at spawn of... Ah, spawn of Caius 2 should be dead, not 3. There we go. Yeah, close enough. (laughs) He... Yes, they would have gone here then. Um... He hurls his hand axe at spawn of Caius 3. It's 3d20. He hits it three times, dealing... plus... Dealing 23 points of damage to it. Sorry. It is now Messica's turn. She uses her fainting attack, and while it's distracted, goes in 
to hit it with her rapier with advantage on the first attack. So that is a 10 to hit. That is a 12 to hit. She hits it and deals 13 points of damage. And then she goes in with her second attack and nat ones. But she does get her sneak attack damage on the first attack, which is an additional 13. So... It is now... Uh... Zinhorn's turn. I'll be back again. Hmm. What would Zinhorn want to do? Well, Zinhorn's going to charge up his 35 feet that he can. Yep. 1, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. Yep, as far as he can get. But you can see it. You can do some sort of ranged attack on it. Well, that is something I do have. But I'm going to do a... Uh, frostbite. Yes, okay. Con save, please. I'm going to make a con save. That is a 19. Well, it passes its con save, and that is... Uh, 3, 6, 8 points of cold damage. Yep. Points, lovely. Okay, it is Bobbit's turn, and Bobbit, at the start of your turn... You see the worm squirming underneath your skin, you feel your insides wrench, and you take nine points of necrotic damage. Oh, no, bad, bad worm, bad worm. Well, yeah, I'm not like? a fan of these worms. You like yeah, neither am I. Uh, I would like the worm to not be trying to dig into me. That would be great. And how would you like to deal with it? already under your skin. Uh, I should probably deal with this stupid spawn thing before. Actually, I'll get Keeper to go smash this thing. Um, what, what can I actually do to try and deal with this thing? Could try to attack the bulge in your skin, see if you can crush the worm. Otherwise, you'll have to damage your own arm, or you could possibly try to cure a disease or a restoration. Would a medicine check work? If don't. you have the time to do it, yes. I don't have good medicine either. I could, well, because I've got to get rid of mine as well, so I could, after this fight's over. Hey, keep it, go smash the thing. Go smash yep. the thing right now. Are you going to do anything, though? Uh, as much as I want to get rid of the thing that's inside me right now, we'll deal with that in a second. I will love a fireball, a fiery fire bolt. At bolt at players. Go ahead, roll spawn. to eat it. Let's, let's uh, I had to make sure I was very clear on that one before something yeah. wrong there. Um, but is a 26. That's a hit. Roll your damage. Getting that 2d10 of fire. 12 point. Nice. Five. Please tell me this thing's the once the thing. <laughs> okay, at the end of your turn, Keeper steps forwards. He raises his fist and brings him down in a roar. He's fist smashes on the creature's head, caves it in, and it topples over. However, the worms continue to burrow under your skin, and Bobbit, you take 
10 points of necrotic damage, while Bulb takes 8. Okay. I am immediately oh, okay. going to try and get it out of Bobbit. Yep. Make a medicine check, please. Bob's uh, doing a check on Bobbit. Everyone's going to do a check on Bulb. Alright, so go <laughs> ahead, both of you roll medicine checks. I got a 21. 21, and how did Zinhorn go? 18. 18. Okay, so... Bolt kneels down in front of Bobbit who's screaming, Get it out! Get it out! And you make an incision in her arm, and you see the worm squirreling, trying to dig into one of her blood vessels. You carefully remove it. You feel a sting, and Zinhorn does the same to you, standing at your side until both of the worms are extracted dropped onto the ground, and crushed. You appear okay, to be so safe. Those things were... Those things were entirely gross, and never again can we not do that ever again. Would you like <laughs> to know how they work? Now that you've defeated the monsters? Well, uh, maybe... Are we going to run in... Maybe oh, yeah, you can't even own it yet, so... Yeah, Alright. So, maybe... oh, yeah, All I was right. going to say, wait till after the session, because it seems yeah. unfair to get that yeah. info before. So... So, how's everyone doing? Yep, and you have a short you can have a short rest if you like. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take that short rest at opportunity. Or you continue on. Yeah. Um, Wait, this is, as long as we're only taking ten minutes. Yeah, only ten minutes. Yeah. I don't have to I'm say that disgusted by these health. worms, you hold back the urge to hurl, to vomit right over <laughs> your feet. You sit oh, like down. Surrounded by like a flesh oh. golem, surrounded by flesh golem and undead skeletons, you know, worm digging into my arms. Like, yeah. Zinhorn yep. wants to go to one of the your arms around yourself, rocking back and forth, trying to hold back the nausea mm. as you take a short rest. Zinhorn wants to go over to one of the worms that is like dead, but still yep. in, like, sort still of taking have a bit of a, have a look at it, check it out. You may make a nature check. Well, that's an 18. So you notice that the worm has rather sharp teeth. These teeth look to you like the tips of tiny needles. And as you study them, terrible thought pops into your head that these worms dig into the nerves of their host. You look over at the dead, emaciated spawns of Caius and wonder... Were they once living people taken over by these worms? Um, well, oh at the very end of the short rest, I'm going to use my Pearl of Power to get third level spell slot back. Yep. And then re-conjure eight wolves. And yep. I will be back. The wolves are to try and hear or smell any yep. enemies. So after you... So I've inspected the worm, and then I go, Hey, Bobber, what do you think about this? Fling it over in her direction. Bobbit, the How do you like if I start throwing dead plants at your feet? <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything oh. you'd like to particularly say about it? Because I did cut you yeah, off. It's going, ah, it's, that's gross. How would you like it if I threw dead vines at your feet? <laughs> Just looks at my vine and goes, Well, I've already got one sentient vine. <laughs> what, were these, 
I like the fact that we've gone from like you know Resident like early Resident Evil and now we're dealing with like the friggin' Resident Evil Four with the friggin' worms. Yeah, <laughs> and so you force a meager meal down your throat and you almost bring it right back up because you're still feeling nauseous. But eventually you climb to your feet, hold out the sounding stone, which is still softly humming, and continue. Uh, yeah, thanks, Kate. And continue, um, continue down, traveling down through these depths. Yeah, normally that wouldn't have been picked up, but I'm using the laptop microphone. There's a lot of noise coming through now. Um, and as you move on, the vine, the vines continue to flail, but they start to look less and less like vines. The color changes from a sick green to a pink pallor and eventually they take on the look of fleshy tendrils squirming and writhing on the walls the tormented faces continue screaming in silent pain as you walk past and once again you come to another junction this time splitting off into six separate directions each of them leading away into darkness tinged by the red haze given off by the light sources you are carrying bobbit please make another insight check and zinhorn you may help certainly uh, I'm again really, really glad that you're giving me help because that was either going to be a sixteen or a one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're gonna take that we're gonna take that lovely sixteen. You hold the sounding stone out once again at the entrance to each of the tunnels, listening carefully, and sure enough, when you point it towards the tunnel leading due east, it hums almost imperceptibly and the orange rune glows ever so slightly brighter you nod inform the party this is the correct way to go and continue leading them down the tunnel soon you come upon a section of tunnel where strange plants cover the path before you. A mixture of mushrooms and shrubs. They glow with an eerie phosphorescence, emanating a sickly purple and yellow glow. They completely fill the tunnel, blocking off your path. What would you like to do? Um... Hmm. Plant person, go fix. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this will be a skill challenge. You must get at least... You must get at least ten successes before three failures. Oh, God. Or you lose. What? We've wait, done these wait, before. wait, we're all backwards. I know it's been a while, so what exactly are we trying to... So you're you trying to thing. move through the tunnel, and you're going to do skill checks, and you need to get ten successes before you get three failures. Getting three failures will fail the skill challenge. So you can use nature to try to identify the plants. You can use perception to try to 
look for an area that may not be as densely populated to squeeze through. You could use acrobatics to try to latch onto the top of the tunnel and scramble past them. What would you like to do? Um... The options given, I'm probably going to have to go with nature because it's. You can think of other ways. If you can think of anything else, you could try that as well. Um, I I have a spell. Yep. You can cast a spell if if you can tell me what spell and how you use it. If it works, it counts as an automatic success. Uh, I'm just thinking. I've got a spell which is wind walk you and up to 10 willing creatures you see assume a gaseous form for the duration which is for eight hours yep oh and you have a flying speed of up to 300 feet yeah if you want to cast that that will allow you to just move over move through the plants it is a six level spell That'll be my only six-level spell. So do you guys want Zinhorn to cast that? That'll automatically get you five successes as you'll pass the first part of the the first half of the skill challenge by getting part of the plants. And during this eight hours, you can take a minute to transform in and out of gaseous form. Wait, so wouldn't this just let us pass through the whole thing, though, if we're... Well, it lets you through the plants, but the other half of the skill challenge, it wouldn't really matter for. Because there's something after the plants. That makes sense. And it's not a concentration spell either, so... Really? Wow. Mm. I suppose that's a six-level spell for you. Yeah. So for yeah, the next eight hours, we'll be able to go in and out of gaseous form, but it will take a minute to go in and a minute uh, to go out. Yep. So, so yeah, not, not, not helpful in battle, but still pretty interesting. If Zinhorn mm. is fine with using that spell slot, he may cast it, and that'll be automatically give you the maximum five successes for this half of the skill challenge. Do, would you like to do that, Zinhorn? Yes, I've got other forms of healing if I need to, yep. so... So, you cast the spell on every member of the party and then you watch over the next minute as your bodies transform into... into transparent, cloudy, misty shapes and you just move through the barrier of phosphorescent plants. I'd like everyone to make a con save with advantage as you move through. Oh, I'm glad that's with advantage. Yeah, that is a two that. and a natural 20. Uh, well, <laughs> I got a 19 and a 13, so I'm going to take that 19 to up it to uh, the, uh, 23. Because, yep. yay, plus four con now. So mm-hmm. Lucian and Messica both pass. And uh, I will roll for Bulb. And Bulb fails, granting him a level of exhaustion. Ah, Even in his gas form, he inhales invisible toxic spores given off by these plants. 
and they fill him with a great fatigue. Once you once you cross through the field of phosphorescent plants, you transform back into your normal forms and continue down the winding, eerie tunnel. You press on for about 15 minutes until you come to another barrier. Recent seismic activity has dislodged rocks from the ceiling, partially blocking the path before you. The debris is packed tightly, tight enough that there are no gaps that you can see that would allow you to even pass through in your gaseous form. What would you like to do? Mm. You can investigate to see if you can find any tiny gaps that that may not be visible at the moment. You can make an athletics check to try to dig some of the rocks out of the way. Or anything else you'd like to think of. I like investigation. Yep. Go ahead, make an investigate check. I'm back. Sorry, it took so long. What did I miss? You have a level of exhaustion. Of course, okay. For the next eight hours, you can take a minute to turn into a gaseous form or Yes. Oh, nice. You cast this. Oh, nice. Uh, I cast Windwalk. That's a 17. A 17. Try as you might, you cannot find any, even the tiniest of gaps in the debris. It is packed so tightly. It's as if something has caused this section of the tunnel to rupture multiple times densely packing in all this all these rocks bits of tree roots and dirt um is this just is this just one blockage or is there multiples around us it's blocking the way ahead you can turn around and try to find another way but the sounding stone said this is the way that's the most direct well, as is there at least a one inch gap in any of the rocks? Bobbit investigated but failed and did not find anything. If you'd like to make your own investigate check, you can. Otherwise, you can try to make an athletics check to try to dig some of it out of the way, which may reveal a gap. I'd like to turn. Think of. I'd like to turn into the gaseous form and just try to pass through the wall. You try to pass through the wall in your gaseous form, but it's so tightly packed together that there, every time you find a tiny gap and press into it, you find the passage blocked by yet more debris. There doesn't appear to be any hole that leads directly through to the other side. You'll have to stop and check or dig some out of the way. Zinhorn is going to... Um... Which one am I wanting to do this? It's airtight. Zinhorn is going to uh, summon an earth elemental. Yep. To shift it away. To sort of go in, see if you can find like any sort of gap, and then sort of like attack outwards, like to try and damage to make a hole or something. Okay, so you summon an earth elemental. The tunnel shakes as the great golem of rock steps forwards towards the blockage. And then without you having to order it, it 
punches its massive stone fist into the blockage. The entire tunnel shakes. Dust falls from the roof. Roof as the fleshy tendrils that grow from the walls flail around. Now that it has leverage, it reaches in with its hands and begins to lift huge chunks of rock out of the way, making just enough of a gap that you're able to pass through. I'd like you to make dex saves with advantage if you're going through in your gaseous form. Yep. Oh. Is that all of us that are going through it, or...? Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, the order okay, is so... no reason for you to stay behind. <laughs> again, we're, once again, we're praising the, the friggin' disadvantage, because I literally went from one end to the other. That was a nat 1 and a nat 20. <laughs> I got 7. Uh, I got, uh, 18. 18, yep. Okay, um... So Lucia needed that advantage, otherwise he wouldn't have passed. Thanks to your gaseous form, you're able to flow through a gap in the debris that the Earth Elemental has made. And when you reach the other side, you turn back into your corporeal forms, just in time to feel the entire tunnel shake as the blockage caves in behind you, crushing the Earth Elemental and desummoning him. Oh. But oh, you not... press on. He, he did his job. His job, and you have passed the skill challenge. Thanks, Rocky. Passed Aww. the skill challenge. Ten successes versus one failure. Huzzah! Soon enough, we come to yet another intersection. This one is the most complicated of them all. The tunnel stops and branches off into at least 20 different tunnels, some of them reaching up into the roof, some of them descending down into the earth, others twisting in amongst themselves from left to right. I would ask Bobbit to please make an insight check again, and Zinhorn may assist. Uh, 16. I keep getting scared that you keep throwing these inside checks at me. I'm not that great at these. Well, you're the one holding the sounding stone. You could always hand it to someone else if you wanted to. But you've oh. been the one holding it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably would have been a good idea, huh? Yeah, you are definitely so still a 12-year-old at in yeah. brain. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about Bob at all? Bob it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in reality, did any of the adults who are apparently super wise and smart think to go? Maybe I haven't been here for the majority. Of, I've missed yeah. all the checks. I, I did is... think about it, but then I'm like, no, it's funny. So that is a sixteen okay, with advantage. Yes. You walk up past each of the tunnels that branch off from this one, holding the sounding stone close to your ear, and you think. You hear it hum at one of the tunnels that descends straight down into the earth below. Mm. You think you hear it hum enough that you're confident that, that you're confident enough to turn around and tell the party that you need to go deeper. Well, I've doomed us all. Have fun, guys. I would like everybody to make an acrobatics or athletics check to climb down the shaft that Bobbit indicates. Well, Zinhorn is going to gaseous up and... Yeah, I'm going to gaseous up. Well. Yeah. Just transform into yeah. your gaseous forms and flow down into the shaft. 
You reach the bottom, it twists to the left, you follow it. It twists to the right, you follow it, and then it finally ascends straight back up. You fly up the shaft and find yourself in another section of tunnel. Here, there is no greenery left. All of the roots and branches of the tree have taken the form of fleshy tentacles grasping out, trying to reach you. Even the silently screaming faces are gone. The red tint is even darker. A soft red mist fills the air and you smell blood. The stench of decay gets stronger. I would like everyone to please make a perception check, and this is a listening check. Oh, good. First level of exhaustion is disadvantage on checks, isn't it? 25. Uh, 13. I'm really glad I have all these disadvantages, because nat 1s keep popping up and it's trying to scare me. <laughs> is first level of exhaustion disadvantage on checks? Yes, it is. I believe so, yes. Oh, that's alright, that's still a uh, soft 20. Okay, so that is a group pass. The tunnel shakes beneath your feet as you hear rumbling, something tunnelling within the earth, something getting closer and closer to you. Uh, uh did I stop it, screw up? Hmm? What would you like to do? Um, Zinhorn is going to activate his shield. Yep. Auto defense straight, you whisper. Your shield props up, begins to fly around you. Anyone else? Um... Yeah, I'm going to activate mine as well. Yep. Suddenly, the tunnel before uh, you... Uh, yep. Okay. Bobbit, what did you want to do? Bobbit's going to cast Armor of Agathus on herself. Good idea. <laughs> Suddenly, the tunnel wall ahead of you is split in two as something huge, fleshy, and purple begins to Ooh. barrel out of the wall. Please roll for initiative. Oh, God, no! I mean, Bobbit has no idea what this is. I know what this is! 18. 18? 21. 21. How did Zinhorn go? This place is not good for my initiative rolls. Oh god, what have you done? <laughs> that is a 4 plus 8. Ooh. Oh wow, I actually get to go first and I yeah. really don't want to this time. Uh, it means I really, really don't want to go first because oh no. A huge purple worm spills out of the wall of earth, opens its gaping maw, and you see its sharp teeth bared at you, and then behind it, out pop three tiny purple wormlings. They unfurl and begin to slither in your direction. Your wolves and your skeletons were left behind, by the way, thanks to the gaseous form. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna roll the enemy's initiative. Because you could have found another way through, but the gas's form was the quickest way. Yeah. So it, so the enemies will not be going first, and by hearing them coming, you were not surprised. So, Bobbit, you're up first. In fairness, it was ten creatures, so some of them could yeah. have made it. Yeah, okay, so we'll say ten creatures, so there are six of you. 
So, did you want to bring three skeletons or three wolves? Um, gonna bring three wolves, I think. Very well. Skeletons did do their part before, so it's not like they they didn't get any use. Um, That's fine. They're still there waiting for us to inevitably come back, probably, maybe not. Yep, so three wolves next to Bob. Um... Right, so Bob, Bobbit, you're up first. Oh, God. Wouldn't it be four wolves? If there's six of oh, us yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, sorry, four wolves. Wolves one to four, so half of the wolves. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out what in the holy hell to do with this thing, because. <laughs> no! I'm not a fan <laughs> of any of this. So, did we all transform back into our. Yeah. Please, damn it. Yeah. You, can, you don't have to, you can. Well, well, I'm gonna say. Wait. I'm gonna say that Bob's still gaseous. Alright, Bob is still gaseous. So work? Can we. It takes up to wait. a minute to transform. Yeah. Wait. So, how does this work then? Are we. Well, still I said that before? you transformed out, but if you didn't want to transform out, you can start this fight in gaseous form. Can we do anything while we're in these forms, or is it just no, a straight look, up. Um. So how, in, how far is that? You can't be how? hit, but you can't you can't take damage. So while well, in the form you have this flying speed of up to three hundred feet, resistance to damage from non-magic weapons. And the action a creature can take in this form is the dash action or revert to its normal form. Reverting takes one minute. Yeah. So in which time the creature is incapacitated and can't move. So, if we stayed in Gaseous form, could we just straight up bolt and leave this? Try. That's what I'm doing. You could try, you have to make it to to get out of here. You have to make it to, I'm going to mark a place on the map. You have to make it to here. Okay, well, 300 feet. Just take the opportunity. <laughs> Wait, so how far is 300 feet? Beach. That's 30 600, spaces. 600 of these squares. Oh, yes, yeah, 600. Oh, okay. No, no not it's 600. Uh, you said up to 300 feet, and then you said we can only take the dash action, which would be 600, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. 600 feet. So, that's so like 60 spaces, isn't it? Yeah. No, oh, wait. Uh, math, math, well, hold up. 300 mm. times 5. No, 300 divided by 5. Well, there's 20 in 100, so th- 30 in, no, 60 in 300. 60. 60 in 300. Now, this does count as difficult terrain, though, so, because it's I mean, all... Yeah, but we're up. gaseous, we're floating. Well, yeah. Plus, you know, we take the dash. You know what? Yeah, public might say if we, if we get to choose which one. Yeah, staying in gaseous form and we'll take the dash action to move... I suppose it's 300 feet since we can't do the full 600 on. Yep. And I'm going to be taking this route because yep. I want nothing to do with this son of a bitch here. Alright, nothing. So Bobbit goes no. first, moving down the tunnel. And the purple wormling with you, gets an attack of opportunity against you as you move past. Using its one only reaction? Of course it nat 20s. But you have resistance to this, so you take... uh, I would have been anyway, either way. You take... He lashes out with his tail stinger, you take five 
points of piercing damage. Oh, and uh, if I see it in guest form, we can then mark off that I didn't use armor of Agathus, then. Okay. Remove that, because that's not fair otherwise. Yeah. Well, I was hoping that you would do the fight, but, like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Sure. Go, oh, I'm just gonna cancel Zinhorn's spell. Um, <laughs> so you take five points of piercing damage, and you're immune to yep. poison damage. Yeah. And yeah, Keeper's going to yeah. follow. Is going to follow. He just zooms straight down the purple worm's tunnel in gaseous form, trying your best to avoid it. And Keeper's going to come along. It's going to make an attack of opportunity against him. One reaction per round. Oh, yeah, one reaction per round. Yeah, yes. so, so yeah, if everyone just comes down You've this route, they can't actually... Okay, alright. Cool, <laughs> everyone just fucking nick off. <laughs> it's right. a purple worm. Yeah, fuck that noise. I'm sorry, yeah. Dale. I know right. you would have been really hyped to see us fight this thing, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, you just walk straight past it. Um, We're gonna pay for this at some point. The, the word right and now, wormling snap at you as you move past, desperately trying to get you, but you just zoom down the tunnel in gaseous form, and the wormlings flash out with their pincers, the young purple worm takes a bite with its huge maw trying to get you but it's unable to I'm so to. sorry I'm so sorry Dale through... don't play because it's my spell that's okay you pass oh, I cut half of it <laughs> pass through the tunnel and you hear the rumbling growing weaker and weaker and weaker and after a few minutes of just solid sprinting in gaseous form through the tunnels the rumbling ceases you feel confident that you've lost the worms okay (laughs) now that you are free from the worms and once again alone in the twisting tunnel what would you like to do we turn back once we know it's actually safe. You can't hear them anymore. What do you guys think? Should we turn back to normal now, or...? Yeah, I feel like we'll need to go back to normal in order to... Interact yeah. with the heart of the wild, yeah. anyway. I was going to say, the second we do that, you just have Bob just like on hands and knees panting going, does anyone know what that thing was? <laughs> Seriously, the one that crawled inside her arm was weird enough. What was that? Both Zinhorn and Bulb have heard whispers, have heard frightened tales of the great purple worms, big enough that they can crush an entire caravan asunder, and strong enough that they can swallow 30 men with a single gulp. You feel immense relief that somehow you were able to get past it without having to best the thing in combat. I was gonna say, would they would, would they tell us that? Yep. Yeah. Well, the second they tell us that, Bob's just gonna like bear hugs in one going. His spell is the most amazing thing ever. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so you continue on your hands held at your weapons, and every time you hear 
any sort of noise, whether it be one of the fleshy tentacles whipping through the air or dust falling from the roof. You all sort of jump, half expecting the purple worm and its brood to burst through the wall and swallow you in a single gulp. But nothing attacks you. You reach a large circular chamber. Most of the walls are covered in dead branches, brambles, and vines. In the centre of the chamber is a column that appears to be a gigantic 30-foot tree root, winding up from the floor into the ceiling. An opening in the centre of the root contains a small reddish circular disc. Tiny flecks of gold light shine from the disc's surface. This must be the object that was taken from the tree in the Feywild. Um, Zinhorn wants to be sure. Yep. And that it's like the actual thing and not a trap or anything. Yep. So is going to uh, use his Fey touch identify. Yep. Oh. Standing in the mouth of the cavern, you use your Fey touched spell, identify. You identify this gold disc immediately as what was once an ordinary gold coin that was enchanted by the Obanashi clan to hold the essence of the heart of the wild. This is indeed the object that you seek. And in fact, as you reveal this to the rest of the party, you can feel you can feel the magic emanating from this disc, filling the chamber. Although the stench of death and decay and the overbearing feeling of the corrupting magic still permeates, you can feel almost like a window has been opened in a stuffy room, a tiny wisp the heart's true power of goodness eating away at the corruption in the cavern in the corruption in the cavern hmm what would you like to do well we found it yay you know, just so approach it. how do we get to it all you have to do is looks like all you have to do is walk up to it. As for removing it from the tree, you don't know that. But can I do an Arcana check? To... You can make an Arcana check. This is identifying something magical, so that's advantage. That's a twenty-four. You can tell just from staring at the mouth of the cave that the coin holding the Daijobi Senga is not simply inserted into the giant tree root. Rather, a small reddish gold disc appears to be fused into the tree root itself. It is quite obvious that this cavern and everything with it is magically linked to the disc, almost as if it's feeding off it. Hmm. Definitely uh, pass along to everyone else. Doesn't answer how we're going to 
get it out, but, you know, it's something. I could spell magic. You could go ahead, try to cast a spell magic, see what that does. That might work. Uh, actually, I will cast <laughs> detect magic. Yep. Using... Using uh, my furbolg magic. Yep. So you cast detect magic, and the cavern lights up in a series of vibrant auras. There is magic emanating from the Dijobi Senga. You see a very, very slight tinge of enchantment magic. Perhaps the one kernel of what's left of the Dijobi Senga intermixing with a shroud of necromantic energy. This is presumably what has corrupted these caverns and this great tree and leaks out into the jungles above. But, perhaps most curious at all, about 30 feet in front of the Great Root, there is a small cloud of illusion magic about the size and height of a human figure. I... Dumb bitch. I'm going to say get ready to the others. Bowl, but also like you to make a perception check. Uh, with my disadvantage, that is 14. Also notice almost like a almost like a cord, a black tendril of necromantic energy linking the humanoid shape to the disc. You may make an arcana check to try to identify this if you like, or point it out to Bobbit who can do the same. I'm going to attempt to first, and then I'll see what happens. Cool. Uh, Bobbit, uh, Bob does that. He's going, um, Zinhol's going to cast Guidance. Yep, to add to the... Uh, what does that add, sorry? Gives you a d4, which you can use... Uh, before or after your ability check. Okay, so I'm going to add the d4, which gives me 13. 13. You identify it as a particularly strong form of necromantic magic, but don't know exactly what it is. I'm going to lean down to Bobbit. And go, there's someone using illusion magic to hide from us, but they are connected by necromantic magic to the. Um, the how do I pronounce it? To the Dijobi Senga. Dijobi Senga. Um, I can identify it as very strong necromantic energy, but I don't know what it's doing. Is there any way that you could feel it and determine what it is? And I've whispered that to Bobbit. Alright, Bobbit. Would that be an arcana check or something? Oh, actually, I'm going to use one of my artificer spell slots to. Like, me using detect magic to tell anything where I need an action. No, arcana detect check. magic's already been cast. Okay, so. Well, only I can see these well, magics. Yeah, okay, yeah. If you can't yeah. detect magic, 
you'll see what I described to Bulb, and this will give okay, you some advantage. An advantage. Okay, so yes. I'll use another Fice spell slot to detect magic as well. Yep, and you see the cavern light up in vibrant colours just as Bulb did. Mm. You see the so you see the shroud of illusion magic in the middle of the room, 30 feet in front of the root, someone hiding there waiting for you. You see the black cord that links that figure to the Daijobi Senga. Make an arcana check with advantage, please. That's well to here. And there's a net 20, so that's going to be a 32. Bobbin, you recognize it instantly. <laughs> and your heart sinks. Mm. So much for purifying the Daijobi Senga. That necromantic cord is what links a lich to their phylactery. Oh. Oh no. Fucking liches. Uh, yeah, you see Bobbit's eyes just go fucking wide and just... You just see her mouth the word lich. I am going... to once again say get ready and I'm going to cast a spell magic at 6th level on the link. Yeah, the second he sees that, Bobbit's instinctively gonna go into a were-tiger form, cause fuck this. Very well, I'd like you to roll for initiative, please. As soon as I would've said get ready, I would've reactivated the shield. Yep. Uh, 11. 11. 21! 21. Yep. Uh, Zinhorn? I don't- with my initiative rolls! (laughs) What the hell?! My last three- my last three initiative rolls have been a two, a four, and now a three. Oh, oh my god. That's pretty I mean, yeah. it's nice to be up front for a change, but what the hell, man? I don't know, but that uh, gives me an 11. 11. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know whether a sixth level is going to break a Lich's link, but I'm trying. <laughs> As you cast Dispel Magic, suddenly, the Lich, Colati, reveals himself, wearing a long, flowing green robe, his skin long ago melted away, leaving nothing but a skull and bones, his eyes glowing yellow. He raises his hand, uses his reaction to cast Counterspell. Can Bobbit use hers to do the same? Indeed she can. So fuck you, just Counterspell the Counterspell. Counterspell his Counterspell? Okay, suddenly you see the black cord sever. The phylactery is not destroyed, but you have prevented Colati from regaining HP each round. Oh, thank God. That's That's going to be massively helpful. I I count a six-level spell slot as worthy of that. Yep. (laughs) Colati smiles a bony grin. He rises off the ground, his robe flowing in an invisible wind. He reaches out one hand and another, raises them, and then you see from under the roots of the tree two spawns of Caius crawling out, worms already dropping from their mouths. Kalati smiles at you and he says... The Daijobi Senga gives me immortality and allows me to control, to weave this place into my own realm. My former master failed in his pursuit of Mesro, but 
where he fails, I shall succeed. Oh, I shall show up that Rasnasi. Oh, God damn it! You, servants of Rasnasi, I can sense his power within you. My master comes to reclaim what he feels his former apprentice owes. Know that I will not le let you have it. Die well! Bobbit, Wait, you are is he suggesting? I was going to say, is he suggesting that Rastasi isn't dead? Well, I mean, apart from obviously, yes, apart from the bleeding obvious of, of <laughs> Bobbit, but... He's also been he's also been down here for like two hundred years, so yeah, okay. Just very angry where tiger. If if we weren't already on edge with the whole you know, turning into a where tiger thing, yeah, just angry. Uh, let's see, how far is forty feet? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Bobbit would like to move roughly to about here. Yep. Which would up put... to the front of the great tree root. Yeah, and basically would like to throw a flame wave that in a forty-foot cone, which should hit all three. All three of yes. these guys. So I need all three of them to make deck saves. Okay, so let's see. The spawns of Pius both failed. Good. Polati passed. What did he get? He passed with a nineteen. Yep, that is definitely a pass. I just need to check numbers. <laughs> That's right. And flame wave is going to be well. Weak ones are going to get seventy-eight. Gladys is going to get half of whatever I roll. So half a second. I swear Ooh. to God, if you set the tree that we're currently inside on fire. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, oh, no, well, here I, we go. I realized that. <laughs> I did not think that through. <laughs> oh well. Go ahead, roll the damage. Well, that's 33 for the uh, the two minions, and yep. then I'd say 16 for Kalati. However, yep. the two minions are pushed back 20 feet they as a are. result. And then Kalati takes 16. Uh, let me just check. Uh, actually, no, it does not say that um, it uh, sets anything on fire. No, so we're it good doesn't. there. <laughs> no, if I was using like burning hands or fireball, yeah, then, yes, yep. we'd be fucked, or firebolt, yes, we'd be in trouble. That one does not. Okay, so at the end of your turn, Kalati uses a legendary action to cast... Uh, uh, did we move the two zombie things Yeah, back? I moved them back. He casts Chill Touch on you. He's going to roll to hit you. That is a 22. Of course. Okay, that is... 13 points of necrotic damage that Bobbit takes. Hey, wait, quick question. He's con Is he considered undead? He's a lich. Then he needs to make a wisdom save before even trying oh, to hit yes, me. Yes, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. He got a 12, so he didn't pass, so he failed. instead redirect that chill touch to... Uh, he's going to re re redirect it to Messica. Ah, oh, crap. Hitting her... For 13 points of necrotic damage, and she has disadvantage on attack rolls against him until his next turn. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> it is Bulb's turn. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, um, 
Uh, can I have Keeper oh, move up with me as yeah, well? Yeah, no, he's supposed to move as well. 10, 15, 20, stands beside you, and he just looks at yep. the floating lich and groans in rage. Yeah. Um, I am going to bonus action wild shape. Yep. Giving me 36 temporary hit points, which I'm going to need. Um, and for my action, I'm going to cast Moonbeam at 5th level. Yep. Oh, hell yes. Um, so he needs to make a constitution saving throw. Yep, so you're going to cast it at Kalati. Uh, yes, sorry, yes, at Kalati, yes. So, a so he passes, that's yep. fine, but he still takes half damage. Yep. A silvery beam of pale light shines down in a 5 foot radius, 40 foot high cylinder, centered on a point within range. So, yeah, he gets hit. Uh, so that is... 5d10. That was a decent roll. Uh, what's half of 37? 18. Yeah. So he takes 18 radiant damage. Yep. Lovely. Um, uh, he's not a shape changer. Nope. Uh, yeah, uh, and then I am going to... There's nowhere to, like, run behind, is there? No, it's a big open. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I'm just... Yeah, I'm just going to stay where I am and try to keep focus. Okay, so at the end of your turn, he extends his hands and he uses his disrupt life action. So I need 5, 10, 15, 20, 20, 20. Uh, uh, I need uh, everybody to please make a con save oh, as he expels necromantic energy from his body. His Robes billowing in the dark wind. Uh, 18. Oh. <laughs> I've gained proficiency in constitution of those, and I now get bonus equal to my wisdom modifier because of my thorn shape. Yep, nice. that's nice. Plus I got 7 plus 5. Unnatural 20. Okay, 7 plus 5. Okay, so. 14. I got 19. 19. Okay, so you all pass except for Messica. Ah, oh, Jesus. So Messica no, takes Messica. 20 points of necrotic damage, the rest of them take 10. Uh, and out of the cloud of necromantic energy, step three whites. Ah, oh, damn it. Their black rusted armor. Their black rusted armor gleaming in the pale red light as they draw their weapons and begin to walk towards you, but on a different initiative count. It is now the mm. enemy's turn. The first, spawn of Caius 1 runs forwards. 1, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Opens its mouth and releases a worm that slithers towards Bobbit. Bobbit, make a deck save, please. Really not a fan of these stupid things. Uh, 17. 17. You stomp on the worm as it... Actually, no, it's 18, sorry. It's 17. Ah. Yeah. The worm, distracted by the lich in front of you, still reeling from the wave of dark energy he sent out. You're unable to stop the worm from leaping up onto your arm and burrowing into your skin. Take one point of piercing damage. 
And I'm sure this thing's gonna actually adore werewolf. Yeah, we're tiger blood. Spawn of Caius 2 rushes forwards. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. It opens its mouth and releases another worm that it sends towards Bobbit. Bobbit, please make a deck save. No, no, pick somebody else. You can't wait. Would these be? Would this? No, this doesn't concern. Wouldn't block the uh, whole uh, amongst the dead thing, would it? No, no. This an attacker. It's not directly spot. attacking. God damn it. Okay, that one's better. That one's uh, 21. 21. You stomp on the worm as the first one still squirms under your yeah, skin. Yeah, yeah, I know. Borrowed time now. It is Kaladi's turn. He moves forward 10 feet, hovering along the ground, and then raises his finger and points it towards Zinhorn, casting Finger of Death. Zinhorn, please make a con save. That is an 18 plus four, four or five? 18 plus four, okay. So 18 plus five, so 23. 23, so you take half this damage. You take 60 points of necrotic damage. Holy shit! As a of energy flies from his finger, hitting you, filling your body with Holy pain. Holy God, that would have killed me. That was a, yeah, and um... Would have, that would have killed me yeah. <laughs> if I didn't... So here's the thing, if the finger of death kills you, you don't make a death save, you just instantly yeah, you're die. Just dead. Yeah, that's and a... yeah. come back as a zombie at your next turn. So, oh god. So yeah, your con save allowed you to resist that. <laughs> yeah, that's a word for it. Okay. Oh, I fucking hate liches. It is now uh, Sir Lucian's turn. He's gonna rush right up to spawn of Caius 2. He's gonna swing with his sword. That is three hits. 3d8 plus 18. It's 26 points of damage. And then he's going to add a precision attack and deal an extra 10 points of damage. So 36 points of damage to spawn of Caius 2. Um, did... Uh, what's his fucking name? Did Kalati do his wave of darkness before or after I attacked him? He did it after you attacked him. Um, when he started his turn, he should have ta- he should have made another con save. I forgot about that. Ah, oh, well, when he did his wave of darkness, that was a legendary action. The finger of he oh, okay. has to do that now though, because it is his action. Ah, yes, yes, the finger of death, right, yes. That yeah, he needs to make another con- So he saves, but he still needs to take half damage, so I'll yep, roll it go again. ahead and roll it. Sorry, that's my bad for forget to not hearing that it was his turn. Uh, 33, so that is 16 damage. 16, radiant lovely. damage. Okay. So Lucian strikes the spawn of Caius. It falls to its feet and scrambles back up barely alive. It is Messica's turn. She rushes forwards, does her fainting attack on spawn of Caius 1. And then takes advantage of the opening, goes in and rolls with advantage to hit with her rapier. 14. That is a non-natural 20. She deals 8 points of damage plus her sneak attack. The 14 points of damage, 22 altogether. And then she goes in with her next rapier attack. She rolls a non-natural 25 and deals 10 points of damage to it. 
It is now Zinhorn's turn. Okay, so Zinhorn is going to firstly uh, summon an air elemental. Yep. Grab that. Using my last fourth level spell. Yep. Summon air elemental. And then is going to since I haven't used any wild shape, he's going to turn himself into an air elemental and attempt to attempt merge. To yep. Zoom into the air elemental, the two clouds of wind entangling. Make an arcana check, please. That's better. That's a 17 plus 4 is 21. Very well. You merge together into a greater, into a greater wind element, uh, air elemental. Alright, so, if I'm reading this correctly, um, can, got a tornado ability that can, elemental can magically transforms into a violent tornado and moves up to half its flying speed, so its flying speed's 90, so it's going to move 45. Yep. Uh, in a straight line. Towards the so what I want to do is go towards sort of more in um, this sort of direction. Oh, yep, through the whites and the spawn as through, well, yep. Yeah, so it just goes that way 45 degrees, uh, 45 feet. Yep. Uh, and targets each creature in its space it enters, so all of them have to do a strength save. Very well, very well. Do that. White. Okay, so the whites, we've got a 20, a 10, and a 17. And for the spawn of Caius, we have a 7. So the 10 and the 7 fail. Yep. And the 17 and the 17 and 20? Yep. They succeed. So they um, so the ones that fail take 5d8 plus 4 bludgeoning and are flung 30 feet away from the elemental in a random direction and knocked yep. prone. So how much damage was that? Uh, so 5d8. Let's have a look, see. That is 7 plus 7 is 14 plus 4 is 18 plus 2 is 20 plus 2 is 22. Plus yep. four is 26 points of damage. So the violent winds tear Spawn of Caius 2 apart and Buffett White 1 flinging him over to the other side of the route. Um, if, thrown, if a thrown target strikes an object such as a wall or floor, takes an additional 1d6 bludgeoning. Yep, go ahead and roll that, please. Or every 10 feet it was thrown. Ooh. So how far did it, was it thrown before it was it thrown, hit? 5, 10, 20 feet. 20 feet, so that's 2d6 is another 10 points of bludgeoning. Oh, nice. If a target's thrown against another creature, it must... No, so it wasn't done that. Nope. Or take this in. If that it, was a nice... The saving, if the saving throw is successful, the target takes half the bludgeoning. Yep. So they each and, and is not flown anywhere. Yep, so they each take 13. And then it goes back into the normal huge form, out of tornado form. Yep, 
Okay. At the yeah, end, that was fun. That was fun. At the <laughs> end of your turn, Kalati raises a hand and casts his chilling touch cantrip upon the huge air elemental. That is a nat 20. Of course. God. So he is going to... Let us see. That is... 24 points of necrotic damage that you take, and you have disadvantage on your next attack roll against him. Okay. It is Bobbit's turn. Actually, no, it's okay. White's turn, sorry. 24 uh, points of damage. So White's 2 and 3 rush forwards to attack the air elemental. That is an 8 and a 20 from the first one. Um, so the huge air elemental is a 16 plus 2 for my shields. Yep, so the 20 hits you, but the 8 does not. You take 11 points of slashing damage, and then the second one raises his sword and goes in. He holds out an emaciated hand and attempts to use his life drain attack on you. That is a 19. That is a hit. Yep. You take 5 points of necrotic damage and you must make a con save. DC 13. Uh, that is a 15 plus 4, so 19. Yep. That is fine. He then swings his sword at you and rolls a nap 1 so he doesn't hit you. So I'm taking 40 points of damage in this form. Meanwhile, Knight White 1 runs forwards, 5, 10, 15, 20, standing between Messica and Bobbit, goes in for a life drain attack, that is a non-natural 20. Uh, who's it attacking? Bobbit. Is a White considered undead? It is. In fact, I, and I, then... rolled, its, I rolled its whiz and it passed as an unnatural 20. Ah, that's fair, fair. So, um, you take 6 points of necrotic damage and you must make a con save, please. Okay, let's see. That is 19. 19, you pass. It then hits you with its long sword. That is a, well, another unnatural 20. You take. Actually, oh, yep. wait. Um, ah, damn it. Even with Mage Armor, that only goes up to 20. Bastard. Well, you take four points of slashing damage reduced because of your lycanthrope like form. Annoyed, annoyed. It is now Bobbit's turn. Okay, um... Well, Bobbit's immediately going to instruct, or basically growl at Keeper to help Messica, because she's yep. clearly in trouble. Now... Oh, and Bobbit, at the start of your turn, you take uh, eight points of necrotic damage from the worm that still squirms in your insides. Okay, that's gonna get annoying. Can I? I can see what it is on my. You on can. Right? You'll have to do a medicine check to safely remove it, or you could just cut it out and risk damaging yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, while I think on that one, um, how far off the ground is Kaladi actually? He's hovering about hovering. twenty feet above the ground. Twenty feet above the ground. Okay. Just gonna go for multiple dumb ideas right now because technically in my current form I actually do have a multi-attack. Um could I try and use one of my claws to get this worm out of my arm? Yes, you can. 
Um, Stupid idea, but... Make a medicine check, just to see if you can do it safely. Okay, well, this will be fun. Uh, 16. 16, 15 you pass. You dig your claws into your arm where you see the bulge and pull. You feel the pain as you strip some of your flesh away, but you see the white grub inside. You lift it out and crush it in your muscled hands, and that is your turn. Wait. Wait, wouldn't that only count as, like, Counts as an action to get the worm out. God. You, oh, you have the okay, bonus action, you can do... You could do something. I with do, that. but I need. I do, but technically, I was going to try and use it to do something to help attack Kaladi. Oh, next round. I next. God damn it! Or do you want to yeah, take well... that back and not remove the word? Depends. If I if I use like an attack on myself to get it out, I know. Yes, I'll take some minor damage, but at least it'll only be one round if it works. And then I'd still have my second attack to do something, yeah? To yeah, attack with. Yes, you can do that. Okay, so how would that work if I'm just so using just my claw? So just instantly roll the damage on an attack on yourself. So with claws... Where do I need that? I thought I had it. That was it. Uh, much apologies, I can't seem to find the actual man I had on using it up. Claws. Uh, uh, natural weapons are based on strength, strength. is all I've got. Yep, so, so for just... your claw, it's 1d8 plus strength. Uh, Mod. please let me roll low. Oh, thank god, that's a 1. I mean, it's still yep. gonna be 5 damage, so but still... you the bulgy bit of flesh away, crush the worm, and now you have your extra attack. <sighs> the yep okay can i use my now i can use a bonus action in the middle of my you can, yes. attack good in that case i am going to cast fast step on myself yep and i uh, can him. teleport 60 no no no. i want to teleport above him Ooh. at least 15 feet above him yep because if i move 15 feet before attacking somebody on the same yeah, turn, I can right. use the pounce ability because I want to drag this bastard to the actual ground. Leap into the air, disappearing and re-emerging on top of Kalati, pouncing towards him 15 feet down. You may go ahead and roll a pounce. Yeah, I'm going to be going... No, well, i got to hit him with a melee attack. So yeah, you're going to hit him with a melee be... attack. Okay. Does that count as a weapon or just a straight-up melee attack? Uh, you have to hit him with yeah. a bite or a claw. Okay. That would just be with... Is that with proficiency plus strength? Yeah. Your proficiency yes, plus your natural weapons. Okay. Uh, 23 to hit. That is a hit. Okay, cool, cool. So it's only a D8 plus... plus strength. D8 there plus your strength, yep. Yeah, that's only going to be 6 points of damage. However, he needs to pass on a DC 16 strength throw or be knocked see how he goes. He got a 13, but he's going to choose to pass. Uh, of course. So he's not not prone. Damn. Well. Yeah. You nearly pin him to the ground, but he uses magic to push himself away from you and writes himself writes himself still hovering above the floor. And then Okay, well, Keeper can go smash white one to try and yep. help out. 
then at the end of your turn, he's going to roll a wisdom save with a nat 20, and he's going to cast Chill Touch at you. That is a 14, uh, so he misses you. Yep. It is Keeper's turn. Keeper shuffles towards white number one, flailing his fists. That is a miss on the first, but a hit on the second. He deals 17 points of damage to white one, crushing its face in and killing it. Oh, thank God. It That's is helpful. now Bulb's turn. Um, can he use yep. the rest of his um, turn. movement he can to um, like go up move. there? Uh, I'd like him to move next to the spawn of uh, Caius. Yep. He yeah, can. Caius, he is to now and, yeah, tr- Just to try and help Messica. Yep. Backing Messica yeah. up. Okay. It is Bulb's turn. Oh, sorry. Uh, did Bobbit succeed in dragging him to the ground? No. Unfortunately, no. He no. chose. To, he he basically bullshit rule. Yep. Chose to pass. Yeah. Um. Is he still in? the moonlight or did he move he moved Bobbit okay well Bobbit's bonus action system. move the moonlight onto him yep so he has to make a constitution save McGraw. yep he's going to make his con save that is a 22 5 10 uh another fucking 34 so that's 17 nice. radiant damage uh so that was the bonus action uh, I need to look up the wording of a spell. Uh. <sighs> for cube. Uh, is he still within 20 feet of the ground? He is, yes. And is Bobbit currently on him or next to him? Bobbit's next to him. Bobbit's actually on the ground because Bobbit can't fly. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So, 20 foot cube, 20 foot cube, 20 foot cube. Uh, is a 20 foot cube this? Uh, yes, that is a 20. And 20 feet up? Yes. So, if I was to cast Erupting Earth... Yep, you would hit him. Yes, I'm going to cast Erupting Earth at 4th level. Uh, actually... Uh, so, he now needs to make a Dexterity saving throw. Yep, let's see... That is an 18. God damn, it's so close. That's still a pass, but... That is... 22, 11 points of uh, magical damage. Nice. You're lucky he's not recovering HP, because you actually have him quite low now. Yes, uh, and I've decided I'm just going to focus on him while everyone else focuses on yep. the ad. Well, except for Bobbit, who's trying uh, to also... Yep. Bob, Bobbit has a bone to pick with this dead bastard. Yeah, mm-hmm. At the end of your turn, he casts Chill touch on the huge air elemental. Again? 18. That is. That is not a hit because of my. um, We're lucky because of your shield. Your shield shield. swoops in front and deflects the blow. It is now Colati's turn. 
Yeah, so it's his turn, he needs to make a constitution saving yep, throw. So he's going to make a con save. That is a 7, he's going to choose to pass. That's fine, I still got to roll. That's okay, You've, we've now used two of his things. Yeah, That's true. Uh, we don't know how many he has, but we've used two I, of them. I, it's three, yeah, sometimes four. I was, I was going to say three or four, but I didn't want to metagame, but yeah. Uh, so 27, uh, what's... 13. 13, yeah. So 13 nice. radiant damage. Still still doing damage to him. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's consistent. That's the point. He laughs. <laughs> and he casts Circle of Death. Uh, and he is going to um, put it... He's going to put the Circle of Death here so that the 60-foot radius extends yeah, out. Yeah, no, 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 he's not. I'm gonna, just going to... going to kind of spell that with my last spell slot and he's going to you okay so first of all it's a six level spell so mm. uh, let me just look this up i think i'm pretty sure i think a roll on that one yes you need to you need to make an ability check with the spell casting ability the dc is 16. okay so that's with that's obviously charisma and that's 13 plus 5, so that's 18. 18? Okay, he uses his reaction to counter spell your counter spell. Yeah, well, I'm making him burn spell slots, but... You are, and uh, his reaction too. I know, but I'm scared shitless of what how much damage this is going to do. So I need Bulb, Zinhorn, Messica, um... Bulb... I need Bulb and Zinhorn to please make constitution saves. So Lucian, Messica, and uh, Keeper will also make them. Constitution. 20. 28. Nice. I love the last feat that I took. Yeah, that's some, that's some handy shit. Now that is... Go. A... 19. 19. Okay. Alright, so... Zinhorn and Bulb and Sir Lucian each take 32 points of necrotic damage. Messica. Messica takes 64. She goes down as making her first death save. No. But she passes. And Keeper also take and Keeper also takes 32. Does Keeper take damage from Horn sake? Does he take necrotic? Let me check. Uh uno momento por favor, señor. No, he Be takes, right back. Sorry. takes necrotic. Survey says damage. Mm, lightning. Ah, yeah. damn, no. He takes necrotic, so he's down 32 points. Mm. And then. As a bonus action, Kalati will try to use his noxious touch on Bobbit. He reaches out a bony hand. That is a 25 to hit. Uh, hits. So, Bobbit, I need you to make a con save, please. Okay. Um, ah, shit, that's only a 12. 12, okay, Bobbit. Actually, wait, no, I get, I get advantage because I have magic resistance, so... Yes, yes. Oh, and that's a nat 20. Okay, so, Bobbit, you take 14 points of necrotic damage, and he recovers 14 hit points. Oh, you piece of shit. Laughing. <laughs> It is Sir Lucian's turn. He rushes over to spawn of Caius One to try and save Messica, drawing his sword. 
He hits it three times. That is 34 points of damage. He lops off its head. It is Messica's turn. She rolls and fails her first death save. So she failed one past one. It is now Bulb's... No, wait, it's been Bulb's turn. It's now the White's turn. They're making two attacks on the big air elemental. Neither of them hit. It is Zinhorn's turn. Okay, so I'm gonna roll, see if I get my tornado back. Yep. And at that the start a... of your turn, I'd like you to make a con save, please, to hold the huge air elemental together. Sorry. That is a 13 plus my con, which is a 5, so 18. 18, yep, you hold it together, so now you can re see if you recharge your tornado. I rolled a 3, so I do not hold, no, I don't um, regain it. Okay. Yep. So, in that case, everyone's going to look at the oh, these two things that are swinging and attempting to hit it. Yep. And going to go with a double slam attack. Double slam attack, nice. Whichever one looks the most injured, going to go for them first. Yep, so two looks the most injured. That is a 19 to hit. That's a hit. And 3d8 is, oh that's not, 4, 6, 7, plus 6 is 13 points of damage. Use the violent winds to tear white number 2 apart. Um, so they're going to go for the other one. Yep. And that's an 18 plus 10, so 28. 18 plus 10, 28, that's a hit. And that one, oh, it's a little better, that's 11 plus, 11 plus 6 is 17. 17, nice. You use your wins to tear white number 3 apart. At the end of your turn, Kalati uses a legendary action. He snaps out a hand and tries to use his noxious touch on Bobbit again. That is a 25 to hit once again. Bobbit, make a con save, please. Yes. Uh, that's an 18. 18, very well. Bobbit, you take 9 points of necrotic damage and he recovers 9 hit points. And it is now Bobbit's turn. Okay, does anyone go before Kaladi? Uh, or is anyone apart from me? After you, there is Bulb. Okay. I don't suppose Bulb wants to try and save Messica. I don't know. He can if you um, yell out and ask him to help. Yep. Yeah, there's just going to be a very loud roar from wherever Bobbit is. Just go, save her, I'm hitting him. And Bobbit is going to take up the lovely stuff of striking and try to basically yep, wail on him and try and get the help. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so the first attack is uh, 19 plus, 19 plus 11. 11? Uh, and 19 plus 11, so it's oh, 19 plus 11, yeah, that definitely hits, and even shield won't do anything. Good, good. He is going to take... 12 points of bludgeoning, and I'm going to use three charges from my staff to deal an extra 
it's three. I think it's three d six of force damage. It is, yes. Yes, so I just like to check to make sure. Uh, yes. So it'll take an extra three d six. So that's five, seven, thirteen points of force damage. Nice. And then I'm gonna go in with my second attack. Yep. That's gonna be. 23 to hit. He uses his reaction to cast shield, and your staff bounces off the magic board. Ah. Oh! Damn it. At the end of your turn, he raises his hands, both his cloak begins to billow once again in a dark wind, and he uses his disrupt life. I need everyone to make a con save, please. 19. 19. 14 plus 5. 29. 29. Bobbit. 19. 19. Okay, so Lucian also passes. Okay, so you all take 18 points of necrotic damage. Including Keeper. You hear yeah. Messica choke <clears throat> as the life is choked out of her. Ah, oh, damn it! Oh! It is now Bulb's turn. Right. Well, seeing as that is now gone, um, I'm going to use my bonus action to move the Moonbeam off and on him again. Yep, causing him to make a con save. Yep. Which he chooses to pass, having only rolled 14. <laughs> That's his final reaction. That's his final legendary resistance gone, by the way. Uh, 12 points of radiant damage. Yep. Uh, what, what uh, spell slots do I have? Left. Oh, pardon me. Um, oh, pardon me again. Jesus. Uh, and then I'm going <laughs> to spend another fourth level yep. to erupting Earth again. Ooh, what does he have to roll for that? Uh, dex save again. Dex save. That is a 20, non-natural. Of course, but he still takes half damage, so that's yep. 40, 12. Uh, 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage, lovely. Okay, it is now his turn, he has to roll con. That is, an ah, un yes. that is a 19. Okay, so now I'm gonna do another. Yeah. 5d10! Just fails Come on. piece of shit! Oh god, that could have been better. Uh, that's 8 points of damage. 8 points of damage, leaving him with 2 HP. You cunt. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I hate this stupid thing! Well, okay. He laughs. <laughs> I want to go back and um, figure out how much damage I've done to him. Yep. And also, I have been rolling concentration checks too. Yes. So. Well, he's out of legendary action, so it just goes straight to his turn. Yeah. He's laughing, but you notice his eyes are flickering as he's falling weak. And he is going to cast. Uh, he's going to cast Blight on Bobbit. I need Bobbit to please make a con save. Has he been doing wisdom checks every time he goes to do anything against yes, me? Yes, he's passed his wisdom check to hit you with his blight. That's why he's able to do it. 
So what am I, what am I rolling? Hot save. Piss off and leave me alone, I fucking hate you! It's a 19. 19, okay, you take... Let me count this up. 12d8, you're casting it at 7th level. At, oh, I'm gonna die. You take... Uh, okay, and you pass your save, so you take half as much. I'm probably gonna die. You take 29 points of necrotic damage. Oh my god. <laughs> Still up? Ah, uh, yep. And then he's going to use his bonus action to use his noxious touch on you. Rolling a non-natural 23. Make oh, a con god. save, please. I don't think it matters, but sure. Well, that's a... That's an 18. 18. Okay, you take 13 points of necrotic damage. Jokes on you, dipshit. I only have 4 HP, so that's he all you get. He recovers 4 HP, putting him on 6. Fuck, I hate you. Well, time for making death saves. Yep, make a death save, please. That's a nat 20, and uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to use my... Um... Yeah, your backup. <laughs> yeah, my backup. Hmm. Do I, do I get extra health for, do, for rolling a nat 20? I'm guessing no, that would be fun if I could. No, you don't. You just get back okay. up. Yeah, get down and just drag myself up and going, seriously think that's going to be enough to kill me? I didn't hear no bell. You know whose turn it is now? Mm. It's Sir Lucian's turn. Baby. Fuck it, Christ, of course! <laughs> runs forwards, raises I swear to God! Raises his hand axe and... Nat ones, and then misses both the times. Oh my god. Honestly, I don't know what's scare at this point. Because Kalati uses reaction to cast shield, which deflects the second two. He's gonna be getting close to running out of fucking spell slots by now. <laughs> it is now Zinhorn's turn. Okay, firstly, roll con. That's yep. a unnatural 20. Yep, so you managed to hold the huge elemental together. And then going to get that's a what do I roll d6 and it is a four which it does recharge yes good and elemental just going to tornado and just yep like, so be like that menacing tornado him yep all right he's going to make a strength save that is a nine he cannot choose to pass. <laughs> So he fails it, which means he takes 5d8. Uh, I'm on a set, I don't get a chance to say anything to him. There's a chance he, he may survive this because he could roll oh, down I'm sure all those could. d8s and be left with 1 HP. Yeah, 6 and 6 is 12, and 3 yep. is not, <laughs> 15, and 2 is 17, and 1 is 18, and 4 is 22. Yeah. And then he's thrown and does more damage if he hits a wall and. Yep, Kalati screams as you fling him through the air. First ah! anything before he goes. Yep. Just for flavor. Yeah, as the lovely swirling vortex of death is about to envelop him, Bob, it's just gonna look and go. Guess what? You failed. Just like your master did. Please tell him not say hi when I come visit him in hell. His skeletal mouth falls open in surprise as 
Zinhorn's winds fling him from his spot. He flies towards the wall of the cavern, hits it, and you see a crack strike down his skull, cleaving it in two. The cavern is filled with his scream. Ah! As his body dissolves into a pile of ash before it even hits the ground. Hooray! However, there is the matter of the phylactery. Oh, that's right. It's the heart of the friggin... Or is it just a coin? It's a coin, coin. but the coin contains the Daidrobi Senga. Yeah, well, well Bobbit's immediately going to teleport over, because Fastep's still for her, teleport over to Messica, and then yell for anyone that has any sort of... Please tell me somebody in the party has Revivify. Somebody can fix this, right? No. I don't like that. <laughs> don't like that all. Anyone? Um, I mean, if you give me eight hours... But she's dead now. Yep. I, I don't have reincarnate even uh, prepared, so I'd have to have a long rest before I could reincarnate. Same. Same. And we can't get Revivify unless we're. Didn't we fire. have a thing of. Did we get a thing of Revivify or was it. Uh, a I. Scroll? Or was it a scroll of. Uh, it was a greater restoration. Yeah. That's right. So Bobbit's just fallen over Messica's body, weeping. As it's just the, a very sad tiger. As you see the reddish disc in the tree begin to pulsate with dark energy as Kalati already begins the process of reforming. You have to act Good fast. Course. Wait, wouldn't it take him several days to reform? Yeah. Yep. Okay, dumb uh, question. Um, would Remove Curse do it? Would, like, with the Arcana checks I've done, would I know if Remove Curse would do anything to Phylactery? A bit more will be required. Uh, dispel at level 4. Spell Magic at level 4. I believe like I need to roll if it's higher. Yep. I would like you to please roll. The DC will be 19. And, uh... What what am I exactly rolling? You're rolling your spellcasting ability. So that's a plus five, so... That's a 15 plus five. Oh, <laughs> that's <God>. 20. <laughs> Bulb, you step forwards, walk towards the opening in the root of the tree, place your hand upon the disc, and cast a spell magic. Feel the magic surge through your hand, and then the disc glows, a bright white glow, and the black wisps of necromantic energy emanating from it dissipate. It is no longer a phylactery. You have removed its connection to Kolati. While keeping the Daijobi Senga intact. Cool. Um, is the bad magic still feeding into the tree? You notice that there is still bad magic feeding out of it, but not. it is no longer working as a phylactery. However, you do reach out and you simply pull it off the tree root and it snaps off. 
and as you remove it, the feed of dark energy that's growing, shaping this cavern is cut off. Now rests solely in the disc in your hand. It is simply a matter of purifying it once again, and you hope that Zashala and her clan know how to do this. <laughs> Bobbit, will you be bringing Messica's body with you? Yes, and since I still have like a minute or so, how about I get with fast step teleporting 60 feet every few seconds? I would like you to make a... I'd like you to make an acrobatics check, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing we have to go all the way back up the way we came. Yes. Yeah, there's no magical teleportation bullshit this time. So acrobatics... 15. Okay. Zosala and the Obanashi rejoice when they see you emerging from the boughs of the Forsaken Tree. But then their faces fall as they notice Messica's limp body slung over your shoulder. Artus Climber bows his head, he reaches up and pulls his hood over his face as everyone grows quiet. Behind you, the massive trunk of the tree has already begun to change colour into dark, greyish brown. The vines and brambles have begun to thin and fall apart. So Charlotte hobbles forwards with her staff. She looks down at the, the dead form of Messica. With a grim look on her face, she points to the ground. What do you do? Going to put her on the ground, although I am surprised that none of them are reacting to the fact that I'm still a wet tiger because that lasts an hour. They're probably but, more concerned mm. with Messica at the moment. Yeah, either way, we'll just, yeah, we'll put her on the ground. Place her on the ground and take a step back. Zasala looks up at you and she says, You're lucky. A few seconds later, she places the tip of her gnarled staff on Messica's chest. The end, the tip grow glows with magic and then Messica's eyes shoot open. She sits bolt upright gasping for breath. <gasps> yep, big hug time. You leap forwards, wrap your arms around her and as you do the rest of the party slowly emerge from underneath the forsaken tree. The dark greyish brown spreading through the trunk turning what was once the heart of evil and corruption to just a normal tree. After returning to the Temple of the Rising Sun, the Obanashi performed the ritual to return the heart of the wild to its rightful place. So Shala tells you that though the spirit within the Daijobi Senga has been sanctified, it will take some time before its power can truly spread across Cholt again. She did, however, while communicating with the Eternal Spirit, confirm the existence of the great city of Mesro. She informs you that the city is sealed far away from the world, shielded from the corruption that has infected the lands of Cholt. She tells you 
that she believes that before Mesro can once again be as it was, Cholt must be cleansed. By restoring the Daijobi Senga, you have taken the first step. But there is still corruption within the jungles, and more must be done. Once this happens, perhaps even Uptow may once again take pride in his people. Messica, after seeing the Daijobi Senga restored, bids the clan and the party farewell. Bowing her head, she says, Lady Alessander, I see that you no longer need me. I failed you against Kalati, yet you triumphed over him anyway. You have gained powers that I do not understand, that I could never imagine. And you have surpassed me in terms of power. You no longer need the protector. She looks at you, frowning. She says, my mission is now clear. She tells you she is determined to bring order back to Cholt and hopes that someday both her home, Mesro, and her memories will return to her. We could, we could get it together, right? She looks at you and she just nods and she says, It is likely our paths will cross again as we seek the same goal, but for now, for now, there is something I must do on my own. My memories remain taken from me. This is my land. And even though I cannot defeat the likes of Kalati or Rustin Sea, there are still those out there who I do have the power to help. And so I'll take it upon myself to bring justice and order to those in Cholt who cannot fight for it themselves. She bows her head. It's been a pleasure travelling with you, Lady Alessander. I'm sure we will meet again. And as she turns to make her way out of the main hall of the Temple of the Rising Sun, where the Daijobi Senga now sits, glowing above the font of water, lending the water a golden hue, making it look like, like look, making it look like liquid light. She looks over her shoulder and says, and the rest of you, look after Alessander for me, I'm sure you will. It's been a pleasure to get to know each and every one of you. Before she turns around and leaves, Zinhorn just um, cross a, that does a druid crafting to see in her hair a, a golden flower just sort of um, appears in her hair. She reaches up, feels the flower, then she smiles, turns away, and with a swish of her blue cloak, is gone around the corner. You all level up. Yay! Zinhorn just looks over to Bobbit and. Oh, wow. um, Crafts the same golden flower in Bobbit's hair. Oh, oh I'm gonna kill Artis. So now that Bobbit has a reminder yeah, oh. of Messica. 
Artis just looks at Bobbit, grim-faced. Mm-hmm. The corners of his mouth twist into a smile, and he says, I know, I know, there's a lot to talk about. I know you have bones to pick, but we did oh, no. some good here. We've restored the heart of the wild. Cholt is ever so slightly closer to being he finishes to its prior grace. Before he finishes, another bang behind him. Ah! Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Bobbit, Bobbit is just staring holes at this, but we'll talk on that next time. Right that now, it's just a very angry glare. this week's session. You have a month of downtime before the before next week's session. You level up, Ooh. and you each gain a single inspiration point. Oh! Hooray! Very nice. I'm gonna kill him. Level up and inspiration. The Daijobi Senga glows again. And with it, the energy of the Feywild, the life that Ubtau breathed into the jungle, slowly returns to Cholt. There is more to be done. This is a great triumph. And you are certain now, seeing the heart of the wild restore the vibrancy and life to the jungles around the Temple of the Rising Sun, you are certain that no matter what there is yet to be done, you are able to achieve it like to thank everyone for joining us today. Thank you for Kay for sticking by us through all of our technical difficulties. All of our shenanigans. I'm going to be sitting there in Streamlabs finding out what the hell is going on with why it's not detecting my headphones and the next week we can be back to normal. But aside from that, I feel that it was a good session. You accomplished quite a bit. Escaped a purple worm. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Yes, for the win. Yeah. And, yes, destroying the Daijobi Senga was an option, but thankfully you didn't need to do that. So No, you got to keep the balance, man. you got to yeah, do everything yeah. you can That's to keep the, the balance. points of inspiration yeah. came from. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Can I so, do the outro, please, this time, if that's yes. okay? Before, All right. I'll, I'll turn the floor over to you in a sec. Just once again, thank, thank you, you to everyone for joining us. We will be back next week for more D&D. No vampire this week. That's next week. And until then... Fuck liches. Just fuck liches. (laughs) Indeed. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.